Metallica, here they come, the kings of metal! This is Jom from Bukasa. You're listening to a Metal of Your Podcast. Welcome to Metal of Your Podcast. I'm Ethan Luck. And I'm Clint Wells. This is episode 241, and it is finally time, ladies and gentlemen. Myself, Mr. Clint Wells, and Mr. Paul Moak. Paul have finally gotten Metallica tattoos. It's amazing that it took as long as it did. I mean, we've we're we're almost at the five year mark. We're four and a half years in, and you and Paul are covered in tats. You guys are tatted up, as they Correct. say in California. Yeah. Um, I definitely have tattoos. I can't really compete with you guys, but we're 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 tattooed individuals. Yes, we have and ink it in our am- skin. We have ink in our skin, and it's amazing that it took this long. But lo and behold, we did it. Um, we had a really great time with our friend Ian White over at Safe House Tattoos in East Nashville. <laughs> we sent some pictures out to some of the uh, Discord and some of the some of the patrons and stuff, but it was a pretty funny scene. We took four mic stands, four microphones, and what you're hearing in this two-hour episode is the journey of all three of us getting our unique tattoos. We're not going to reveal what they are quite yet in the intro, right? But I but I think it's going to be an enjoyable episode. I think it's going to be one for the books. Absolutely, for sure. Yeah, I mean, really, the only hiccup it was, you know, in in regards to doing remote episodes with more than just me and Clint, is that you know I did put a mic in front of Ian's face, and of course we want Ian to be focused more on the <laughs> tattooing us, right? Yeah. So there was times where he'd be tattooing and leaning forward, and all of a sudden his voice would you know kind of just go away, and so I'm, I had to kind of go through and, and pull his voice out because we all want you to hear Ian, of course, you know, and. Uh, but I think you guys are going to love it. It was a good time. It's been really fun to to sit back and edit this one. I mean, because, you know, we were there for, gosh, probably three or four hours in total. And it was really fun to listen back to what we were talking about and, and just, you know, shooting the breeze on. It's kind of a Tangent City episode. Um, you know, we talk a lot about Ethan and I touring together this year with Morgan Wade. We talk about Paul's um, recent touring with Ann Wilson of Heart. Yeah. We talk about getting back on the road. We talk about Ian and his Metallica story. Uh, what else do we talk about that I'm for? We talk about sort of the significance of the tattoos we got. Yeah, significance of the tattoos. Uh, we go into some Faith No More talk with Ian because that's his favorite band. He was wearing right. a Faith No More hat that night. Um, yeah, it was. I mean, it was just a good time. And uh, as long as I've known Ian, he's, so he's had this current shop location for probably two to three years. And because I haven't been tattooed in five years since the other night, I actually hadn't been by his new shop. So it was my first time actually being there. And it was, it's a beautiful shop. Um if you know you're coming to the Nashville area, uh, give it a good, you know, couple months. But if you ever want to get tattooed at Safe House Tattoo, that's the place. That's one of the good spots to go to. Yeah. Anyone who, who wants to maybe have a unique experience in Nashville, if you're coming through, look him up. Safe House Tattoo. Tell him we sent you. He's a great guy and he did great work. And I'm excited for everyone to see the, the work that we got done. Oh, yeah. We're not going to do the traditional housekeeping this week because we want to get into the episode. Uh, so no emails or anything, but we want to just mention a few things. First of all, the boys announced a 40th anniversary two nights at the Chase Center for December. Uh, anytime the boys have been announcing shows, we're being asked if we can go. Here's the deal. We have a show with Morgan on the books for night two of that. So the question is, can we get to night one 
And uh, so here's what we did. Everyone had to enter a lottery to see if they can even get the ticket. We both entered that. Yeah. If we if we were able to buy a ticket, we we're buying two tickets for night one, and we'll, we're just gonna have to see what happens. Usually, if you have a date, you know, if you have one date in a month, sometimes that's an anchor date. So she might book shows around that date, in which case we will not be able to go, and in which case we will be giving the tickets to a lucky listener, probably a patron, uh, or it's pa- two patrons. Right. The same is going for Louder Than Life in Louisville in September. We currently are scheduled to play on that day that we have tickets, so we're still trying to figure out if we may be able to make it, but if not, we are going to be giving those tickets away. Right, so, exactly. Everybody wins. You either get to see our beautiful faces or you get some free tickets to a Metallica festival that I believe is sold out. Yeah, no big deal. And those Chase Center gigs will definitely sell out. That's why they're doing... It's fifth members only, and it looks like they went to, you know, good lengths to ensure that this time fifth members will be getting the tickets. Sounds like they're doing what they did for night two of S&M too. Exactly. Where they had all those debacles for night one with scalpers and all this crap, and so they they figured... it, It is a very strict way to do it, but the end game is for everyone's benefit. And so obviously if they're doing kind of what they did with S&M, the fun thing is there's going to be an in-between night party. Um, it's, it sounds like there's going to be two unique sets at both gigs. You know, their 30th anniversary shows were so special. I'm sure they're going to do something really cool. I'm sure it's going to be an outrageous set list, et cetera. It would be great to be in the Bay Area with Middle Up Your Podcast family, with Metallica fans. We are obviously going to try to go, but... Obviously, also, if we have work, we're going to happily go work, too. Right, of course. So that's the update on that. And, uh, you know, details, I'm sure, are going to keep unfolding as uh, as they come out. Um, I wanted to quickly, before we go to the tattoo stuff, we have a couple of contests going on now. The most important one, which I'm so stoked, everyone is really showing up for this one, is the U.S. iTunes uh, contest in which you leave us a positive review on iTunes, and we send you our new super exclusive zombie Metal Up Your Podcast guitar picks. Mm -hmm. All you got to do is leave the review. A lot of people have been emailing us, but I wanted to give a shout out to everyone so far who has won some picks. Now, they aren't in yet. They're going to be in in the next few weeks. Yeah, it'll be a couple more weeks. So as soon as we get them, obviously we're sending them, but I wanted to just mention some of these uh, usernames here. Odd1, 1972, Tyler OKC, 932, Derek Damager, Foresight, 8211, P. Bulger, Cervantes, 2121, Varkflyer, Mercy D., Metfan34, Abram110, sorry, 1110, uh, for whom the bell tolls, uh, making waves, which he wrote that we are the flagship Metallica podcast. He said, Mel Up Your Podcast is the benchmark for all things Metallica content. No Clinton big even deal. Provide, Clinton pre- even provide in-depth analysis and entertaining commentary to connect their fandom of the band to the entire Metallica family. Like, all of these reviews are so sweet. C. Ewans left a review, Never Die 84, Eric F86. These are all people that are getting picks, by the way. There's a lot of um, people. Papa G. Inth, Marcus Justin Trevor Jr., Sean Keefe, still not done here, Met Warrior, Orangutan, NC Carolina Girl, who wrote, absolutely love this podcast. Clinton Ethan are amazing hosts who make the listening experience incredibly enjoyable. I'm a diehard Metallica fan, and Melt Your Podcast definitely feeds my fandom. Uh, Skeleton Girl 99, Master Joel, Ramoose 316, Southern Bell 1385, uh, BOSXE, JLindy 21, almost done here, Embenice94, Blake the Riffer, C, N, Kazome, and those are the winners so far, and we're only halfway through July. And we just ran out of picks. Well, listen, if we get enough reviews to where we have to get more picks, you better bet your ass we'll just get more picks. No That's problem. That's no the be- problem. That is that is the nice thing about the, uh, the, the site that I use to order picks that I have a bit of a deal from is that 
once you upload your artwork and you get your, your order submitted, it's super easy to reorder. It's just a little clickety-clack, and then they're reordered. I love that you always mention that you have a deal with them. I mean, it's just like a little discount. It's no big, <laughs> it's no big, no big deal. Okay, um, so go leave us the review. Be part of what makes the show cool. We are sitting at 592 reviews now. Cracking that 600 number would be a great milestone for the podcast. Mean a oh, lot yeah. to us. We, of course, work hard to bring you this content. Now, if you are willing and able above and beyond leaving the positive review, uh, you know there is the Patreon. You're going to hear a commercial for it. People are getting involved over there because the Metal Tales are in full force. We are doing a Metal Tales a week oh, yeah. indefinitely. So there's a list over there. You sign up on Patreon. You get put on the list. And we're making those happen every week, which is super exciting. You get to tell your Metallica story and talk about a notable concert that you went to in the past. Uh, even if we can't make these gigs coming up, I'm excited to talk to patrons about those experiences so we can live vicariously through them. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's patreon.com slash metal up your podcast. We're giving away a bottle of Black Album Batch 114 whiskey. The the tickets that we're not of the shows we're not able to go to, they're going to get those. So those are just the ways to support the show. We work hard to bring you this stuff. And without further ado... Without further indo, without further fondue, without further fondue, let's go check out uh, our tattoos, and we'll come say bye at the end and check in with you guys. Sounds good. Let's do it. Give me fuel. Give me fire. Give me that which I desire. Ooh. Welcome to Metal Up Your Podcast. <laughs> this is the first time that Clint has started the episode. Uh, if it sounds weird, or if you can somehow hear how Clint is positioned right now, yeah, I'd like to go ahead and set the scene here. Okay, um, set the scene. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome to the show. We are an all Metallica podcast every week. Ethan and I, who are professional touring musicians in Nashville, Tennessee, make time out of our busy schedules to talk about our favorite band of all time, the Mighty Metallica. This is a unique episode. First of all, we're joined by our honorary guest host, Paul Moak. Paul? Hey, hey. And a very special guest, Ian White. Hi, Ian. Hi. How you doing? And we are here today at Safe House Tattoos in lovely East Nashville, Tennessee, to uh, ceremoniously... All three of us are getting Metallica tattoos today. Right. None of us have Metallica tattoos. I'm going first, and because of the positioning of my tattoo... Can, wait, can I tell him what I'm looking at right now? Yes. Tell you what I'm looking at. He's laying down. Ian has, Ian's got the gun ready. It's called a machine. He's got a... I'm sorry. Is that like, like Ta taboo? And, I'm so yeah. canceled. sorry. Canceled. I'm canceled. There's a mic hanging over Clint's mouth. And we're about to start. I feel like I'm in a sensory deprivation chamber. Now, Ian, I know that this tattoo is on my left bicep. However, is it okay that I'm nude for this? Yes. <laughs> Just, okay. I'm not nude. Instead, you signed a different kind. <laughs> it's a different NDA for this. So we're, this is a unique episode. We're all three going to get a tattoo. All of us are mic'd up for some running comment. It's basically a tangent city. Yep. Love it. We're drinking black and whiskey, by the way. Shout out to black and whiskey. And uh, I do, this reminds me of a story, quick story. Radiohead, The Benz, seminal rock album. If you guys don't know The Benz, I don't know what's wrong with you. The song Planet Telex, which is track one, Tom York was so drunk when they were uh, recording that song that he cut the entire vocal laying down in the studio, much like I am now. Now, am I saying that my genius is similar to that of the Tom Yorks? Maybe. Um, <laughs> but what I am saying is that this is a very similar sitch. I think, I think really yeah. what it is is this episode is going to go down in history in the Metal Beat Podcast world as our Benz. Right, this is our the bins. Yeah, I mean, you know, we have the we interviewed Ray Burton. We've interviewed so many people, Joe and Lizzie from Hailstorm. But this one, with Clint laying down, is going to be the best. Now, one. Ian, you are a tattoo artist to the stars. I think that's safe to say. <laughs> uh, one or two. 
Yeah, well, we've got Paul Moak and Ethan Luck here who yeah. are That's one and two. generally covered in tattoos. I didn't even know this about them, but they're like, even their chests and backs are covered in shit, right? And you're similar, right? I'm pretty full body, yeah. Full body tattoos. You guys know David Lee Roth is almost a full body tattoo. Oh, yeah. He gets them all in Japan. So anyway, we're just drawing all these connections. Sigurros, I'm told. You've also tattooed. They've flown you to Iceland. Twice, yep. And uh, so we're in good company. I'm excited. I'm about to permanently alter my body. My yeah. wife is uh, hanging in there with me somehow. And uh, I guess we're just going to do some running commentary while this goes down. Yeah, exactly. And uh, the nice thing, too, is that uh, and Ian's pretty excited about this. Maybe you can explain to it as you start uh, your tattoo machine. <laughs> in general, if you're in a tattoo shop, the old school way, uh, all you would hear right now is just like yeah. crazy. This thing is not only battery powered, but it is insanely quiet. Yeah. Like really quiet. It's like the Prius of tattoo machines. It's, just, it's, it's a hybrid, yeah. It's running right now. It's running right now. Did Paul Moak get scared and leave? Where did Paul Yeah, Mo Paul go? left. He got scared. Now, Ian, I don't want to distract you too much because you are, again, as I said, permanently altering my body, but how unique is this situation for delivering a tattoo to a patron? Pretty unique. Pretty unique, right? I've had, had people be filmed while doing this, but not with the mic about a quarter inch off their nose. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think... Yeah, this is the first. I do feel strange. 20 years. Wow. I, I love that. <laughs> we make magic happen, dude. That's right. Oh, yeah. It comes in different forms, of course. But totally. Magic nonetheless. Yeah. This is some Harry Potter shit is what you're saying. Yes. We're right. basically at Hogwarts. Should we have a moment of silence for the first stab? Is that a faux pas? The stab? Can you call it a stab? Is it a stab? <laughs> I don't know. You called it a gun. You called it I gun. know. Sorry. Very violent, Paul. <laughs> you can come back in when it's your turn. I will no longer reference any part of tattooing. Now, people who are listening will already have known that mine is a death magnetic uh, theme tattoo. I got the coffin with the forearms around it like a magnet. Where are you going to start? What's the starting point? Your thumb. Oh, good. Yeah. Great. <laughs> I'm going to try to get a running start. Um, just bottom right. My bottom right. Okay. Uh, I'm told this is one of the most painful areas to get a tattoo. It's, uh, it's tender, but the arm in general is not too terrible. But you know what's good? Yeah. I'm strong. Mentally, right. I'm mentally very strong. <laughs> I, just met you like I think I think Clint is talking enough where where Ian is, is you know has to hold off a little bit. Yeah. I think Clint might be a little nervous. I am wearing a diaper. Oh, I'm ready. Well, I, I'll, ready? I'll do, do a monk like vow of silence. Take a deep breath. Ready? Yep. Oh no! All right, is it too late to stop? <laughs> Jk. Jk. Yeah, this is a, this is fun. Maybe next, maybe me and Paul can hang over here and talk sure. a little bit while Clint's getting tattooed because he's. Dude, how's it going? Here. I feel like I haven't seen you in forever. I know. I mean, it's only been probably a couple of weeks, but yeah. in, uh, in general, we work together a lot, as people know, at the Smokestack. Life is moving fast right now. It is moving fast, and as I hear, the older you get, the faster it goes. As they say, a wise person once told me that. Yeah, it actually is pretty painful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that area is not fun. I mean, where I'm getting mine on, which is kind of uh, lower, ba back of the leg, lower calf. I say lower back. Lower back. I'm going to get a tramp stamp Metallica <laughs> tattoo. Um, did technically tattoo Ethan's lower back. I just also tattooed the rest of it. Yeah, you also yeah. tattooed the rest of my back. That's true. Very true. Um, which I wonder, is, is that ever uh, something that somebody thinks about if I'm like, let's say I'm on stage working, wrapping up some cables, and my shirt comes up a little bit, and they see just the bottom. They're like, yeah. oh, he's got a tramp stamp. <laughs> No, I think that's probably what thing. happens. What's that? That's probably what happens. Probably. I need to see this, Ethan. I've, I haven't even seen this. Yes, you have. Because the, the first time I showed you was not that long ago, and you were like blown away. You're like, I had no idea that was there. Oh. I think that was at the studio when we were doing an episode. I have almost no retention of any memories. Do you remember where you are right now? Yes. <laughs> I'm in a sensory deprivation <laughs> chamber. <laughs> exactly. 
Now, you might feel a little stinging in your left arm. That's part of the chamber. That's part of the uh, experience. Uh, don't pay any attention to it. I was camping uh, a week ago with my family, and a bee fucking got in my goddamn shoe and stung <laughs> my goddamn foot. It went in there while you were this wearing sort it? Of, yeah, it got in my fucking shoe, Ethan. Dang. And, uh, well, the paparazzi are here. Hold on. <laughs> it happens a lot. Good, it yeah. happens I thought, a I thought lot. you were going to lock the front door, man. Look, when you co-host the preeminent Metallica podcast, it's just one of the things you trade. You trade a little bit of your privacy, a little bit of your freedom. Um, but I find that having an audience that is uh, that looks up to me and that um, where I actually change the cultural zeitgeist of their lives, I find that the, the responsibility is worth it. It absolutely is worth it. it I mean, it's a, it's a responsibility that we take on. We didn't know that was going to be a responsibility, but it's just part of it. Comes with the territory. Yep. It's a little thing called being a hero. The hero comes <laughs> along. Strain to carry on. <laughs> How you feeling, man? I'm feeling good. I, I am feeling sort of like uh, I'm not looking. And I am wondering how long it's going to be. So I'm, <laughs> I'm sort of like trying to mentally prepare for how long I can withstand this bee sting. Hmm. It's a bee sting. It is. It's a bee sting. It's a constant bee sting. I'm going to uh, transfer over to Ian's mic real quick. Take a closer look. He's moving pretty quick, dude. For example, if he told me, dude, we're halfway done, I would believe that because I don't know. But also if he told me I just finished one part of one of the M's, that would be harrowing news. I mean, I can confirm he's on one of the M's. (laughs) (laughs) Ian, have you ever seen Metallica? I have not. I was supposed to. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Can we just stop? (laughs) Come on, get up right now. All right. Abort mission. I did wear a Faith No More hat to this event. Nice. Well, you got to represent they, your faith. Well, they also, they, they opened the Guns Metallica tour at one well, point. That was, I was supposed to see them. On oh, the wow. Oh, that would have been rad. But, I was, but there was a riot. I was a young lad, and the show got canceled because a bunch of them did on that tour. Yep. Clint doesn't like it. <laughs> that part's hard. Wait till it gets even further close to your armpit. Don't, don't. In- Come I on, man. This, this every, is a mental game, dude. I do this every time my friends are getting tattooed. You think, hey, you think Michael Jordan wouldn't give his, his teammates shit? All right, Michael Jordan. Oh, just wait till game seven. You know what I mean? I guess you are kind of like Michael Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, trying to be your Phil Jackson right now, okay? Ian, when it comes to Faith No More, yes. I have a unique... I'm guessing you're a big fan. Yes. Okay, I have a unique relationship, and I'm curious to get your thoughts about this. Okay. The album The Real Thing, which I know is Mike Patton's first album with the band. Yes. I know that album as well as I know any album that I love. Like that album, I know every second of it. And The Real Thing is my favorite song by Faith No More. That's a good one. But I also love Out of Nowhere and I love Falling to Peace. I, I love uh, uh, um, Surprise You're Dead. I love the album. Curiously though, I never investigated, maybe a little bit of Angel Dust, but I never investigated any of their other work. Why does that happen? Like pre-Mike Patton? Or post, like I never the rec- album of the year. I never really checked. Like, how can you? How can I like this one album so much, but sort of be incurious about the rest of their work? It does surprise me. Do you? Does anyone? You I'm get a little bit biased though, because I believe that Mike Patton is the consummate musician of the last forever. Wow. But I'm a little biased on that. Um, I'm, I'm more specifically surprised that you haven't dove into Angel Dust, that album. You know what? I think the problem is I, I revisited it recently, and it's just so different. Like, it's so eclectic. It's a little strange, but they were all, always kind of strange. But I think it's hard to digest unless you did it when you were a kid. I could see that. 
Did that? Did Faith No More happen to you as a kid? Yeah. That's your kiss theory, right? That's the kiss theory. Yeah. Pretty good theory. That's also, by the way, my Megadeth theory. Yeah. That, uh, really? Well, we've talked yeah. about that specifically to Megadeth on the show because I, I, I got into Megadeth in like junior high. Yeah. I don't see how you could like hear it for the first time as an adult and like really get behind it. it it's something that has to happen to you when you're a kid. I, I could see that. Most of the stuff I still listen to the most is things I listen to in the early 90s, late 80s. Yeah. See, yeah. this yeah. is... More tool. I mean, I'm also, also a huge Tool fan. Tool was the last proper show I saw before uh, before things changed. That was probably the last one I saw. The one here in town. Yeah. Great show, right? Yeah. Guys, Danny Carey Two came worlds out. Colliding. Danny Danny <laughs> Carey came out. Um, a really good friend of mine, Kevin Rapillo, who drums for Rodney. I was trying to get him to come out to that show that night, and he kind of he kind of bailed. He kind of was a little tie tie. And the first encore, Danny Carey came out wearing a Los Angeles Lakers basketball jersey, My including man. the shorts. And it was tucked in. My man. And he did, listen to this, guys. He did a 10-minute gong solo. Just the gong? Just the gong. He played a fucking gong. for ten. He was like, 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 in addition to the drums or just the gong? <laughs> no, dude. Gong solo. He was, like, tapping the outer sets of it. And he had it going through, like, a pedal board or something because it was, like, all ambient and fucked up. And then he would hit, hit it in the center. And I texted my friend Kevin. I said, you fucked up, man. Danny Carey just did a 10-minute gong solo. Was it like an Andy Kaufman sketch where it's good, and then it, and then you're like, okay, I'm over this, and then it circles back around, and you're like, wow, this is amazing. It went through a couple of revolutions yeah. of, like, yeah. what's going on? Paul, are you immediately thinking, I need to run my gong through a pedal board? <laughs> How you, have you not done that yet? Yeah, yeah. I just uh, need a gong. I don't have yeah. <laughs> Well, Nashville's the place. Yeah. You know my gong story, right? I don't know the gong story. I was working with Matthew Mayfield. And I can't remember the song, but we needed a gong at the end. And I, you know, pulled up some samples and they just sounded super cheesy. And I was like, well, it's Nashville. I'll get on Craigslist. Mm -hmm. Three gongs for sale. <laughs> Dude, don't let me laugh too hard. Man. All within a five mile radius don't let me too hard, of the man. studio. <laughs> I immediately called the first gong. It was like literally 0.25 miles. You called the first gong. Yeah. And the guy was like. Oh, shit. I, you know, please come take this. Come now and take it. Oh, can I ask you this, if you don't mind divulging? How much yeah. is how much how much is a, a, a secondhand gong? Fifty bucks. What? But, I will yeah, buy but, a gong for yeah. fifty. But bucks. brand new, they're not, like if you bought a, a gong. Oh, they're like a thousand dollars. Right? Is yours a Zildjian? What is it? No, I I don't know. That's the thing, dude. When someone wants to get rid of a gong, they want to get rid yeah. of that fucking. <laughs> well, gong. apparently, this was a guy that was in a me uh, like a uh, glam metal band in the eighties. What? They needed yeah. gongs for that. Called. Uh, Dillinger? Escape plan. No, uh, Dillinger, just, Dill Dillinger just Dillinger. <laughs> there's a couple Dillingers out there. And so it was, you know where the studio is? It was like, there's like a bunch of textile warehouses around the studio. Around Berry Hill? Yeah. Like uh, 440 Parkway. Oh, yeah, back there. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we went to Baja, grabbed lunch, and then we took my truck over to this textile warehouse, and the guy was like, yeah, I was in a band called Dillinger in the 80s, and he gave me his cassette. Oh. <gasps> Man after my own heart. Yeah. And on the cassette, what do you think was on the cover of the cassette? Uh, a gong? The, the gong? His entire drum kit with the gong. Was that, so he's a Terry Bozio guy. Yeah, yeah. Was that the only thing on the cover? Was just their, their no, name? No, no, no. It was, it was the four of them and... With their instruments? Yeah, yeah. And, but the gong was there. The gong was there, and he was like, yeah, this is the last piece of my kit I've been selling off for the last 20 years. Wow. Because somehow Dillinger never took off. Yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you this. 
Um, do you still have the cassette? I don't have the cassette, but... But you still have the gong. Uh, and I don't have the cassette because I was holding it, and I was like, this is awesome. Thank you. And he goes, oh, I need that back. <laughs> what? He's, what? Like, he's like, I only have like three of these left. Dude, Paul, honestly, that just rem- reminded me of your relative who wrote a book about pens. Oh, Check <laughs> no. this out, Ian. You ready for this, Ian? This is great. Paul has a relative. The names have been changed to protect the innocent. Yeah. He wrote a book about pens, self-published. About one brand of pens. About a br- scooter called well, maybe well, maybe Todd. My father-in-law is very into pens, so I know a little bit. I know that the pen game is like really deep. Yeah. So it doesn't surprise me that he wrote a whole book about one pen. Self-published, history of this one pen. Gave it to Paul for Christmas as a gift. Then asked Paul to pay for it. Autographed. I have something I've been meaning to tell you, dude. Okay. So I was just in uh, Arizona visiting my sister's fam, and I pulled your whole banana phone trick with their, uh, their I can't kids? remember. He's like three or four, five years old. Did you use Obama or did you use someone else? No, no, no. Like so Mickey Mouse or something? I, I picked up the phone, and I was like, I was like, hey, it's for you. And the kid was like, who is it? And I go, it's the government. And he looks at me and does the, like, come here fingers. He's like, let me see it. And I gave it to him, and he puts it up to his, to his face like this, and then just bites half the banana. Yes. And throws the rest on the floor and walks off. See, kids know everything. A true right? patriot. Seriously, kids are born knowing everything, and here's what he knew that I never even knew because I'm an adult, and the older you get, the less you know. You can eat the peel? He knew that you could do two things. You could be talking to the government, and you could eat the fucking banana, peel and all. It's going to hurt you eat the peel, guys. So he, he bit through the peel, too. Yeah. Wow. Well, it was hilarious. That's awesome. I should have done the Obama thing, but that's your deal. Ian, when I was... Uh, this was a great bit, This was a way. few years ago on tour, and what would happen is I would stay up a little later than the other guys, and it'd be night-night time. It'd be like 5 a.m. But I'd be burning the, burning the, the, the candle, the midnight oil, as they say. And... Uh, I was lonely, and I was on a gig I didn't like, and uh, I did this whole bit on Instagram where I would take a phone call from Barack Obama, but the phone hilariously would be bananas. Sometimes, uh, sometimes uh, like a six-pack of bananas. And the whole deal was I'd be like, Barry, I called him Barry. I'm like, dude, Barry, don't worry about it. You and Michelle are on the guest list, dude. I told you not to call <laughs> me here, man. It was so good. Let's talk later. Oh, Clint's looking over for the first time, everybody. He's looking over for the first time. He jinxed it. Only because he, Ian's filling in the, co- the coffin, I can say that. And yeah. uh, that's fairly painful. The coffin, of course, is from Kill em All. <laughs> Send your emails to Ethan J. Luck. So, at hotmail.com. Why the change from the Ninja Star, dude? I love the Ninja Star. Many will know that I wear the Ninja Star necklace, and it is the symbol of my favorite era of the band which is the mid-90s, load and reload era. As much as I love the star, man, I just... for Okay, a couple reasons. Number one, it's, it's too intense a little bit for me. And also... So a coffin with... <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> Don't give it away. <laughs> oh, sorry. Don't I'm give sorry. it away. Give it away. Give it away now. Also, when I was researching, like, you know, some inspirado for what I might do, a lot, of, a lot of people had it. A lot of people get the Ninja Star. In fact, we were regaled with a wonderful story before we got started about, um, about a guy that was getting the Ninja Star tattoo who didn't even know it was a Metallica logo. Yep. Just because yeah. he thought it was cool. Now, having known that story, I simply can't do it. 
it, 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 That's a crazy story, by the way. If we got a bunch of posers out there fucking posing. So I like this. This is actually kind of an outtake art piece from the Death Magnetic era. It's actually more tied to Beyond Magnetic. Um, the concept that, much like the hardwired self-destruct concept, the concept that our most intense imperative as living organisms is to survive and procreate. At the same time, we're mysteriously drawn to self-destruction. And that plays out in my life. It plays out in my friends' lives. And it's a wonderful album that I love. I love the concept. There's a dichotomy there that I find throughout my life, whether or not it's Metallica-related. And I felt like it was as much an homage to some music I love as much as it is kind of a warning. Love Boom. that, dude. Mic drop, except Boom. I'm laying down. Shaka <laughs> So, Ian, do you have a an era of the band or an album or a song that you... Which, by the way, thank you for... You had Injustice for All rocking when we walked in, which definitely set a tone. It set the tone, for sure, yeah. It was, it was like our entrance music. What about you? Do you have, a, you have an era of the band? or Are you a fan? I am. Uh, possibly not to the extent that if anybody's able to be, it's you guys, but... Wait, what? <laughs> you don't do a Metallica I, podcast, too? Because there's a hundred of them out there. My introduction would have been that Injustice for All era... As I've gotten older, I've gone to more like Masters of Puppets, Ride the Lightning. I think the first album I actually bought of theirs would have been the Black Album. Album. Yeah. It's inter- interesting that you say the older you get, the more you're going back in time. Yeah. Where most people, it's like, I feel like when you're younger, that's where you start. Right. You know, you, even, if you, even if you discover the band on load or reload, then you immediately go back in time. But yeah. that's, that's cool. I, I, I love that. I feel like I was late to the game of even just exploring them more deeply. I would play the crap out of the stuff I had and then just leave it at that. Is it safe to say, I'm getting the impression, were you going to go to that Metallica show to see Faith No More? Uh, no, at the time I was a fan of all three bands. Okay. Faith No More, of, of fandom I have had, Faith No More has lasted the strongest. And that would have been them touring the real thing, right? Or was Angel Dust already out? Angel Dust, they were performing some stuff on that, but it wasn't out yet. So do you listen to pre-Mike Patton, Faith No More? The Chuck Mosley the, the We Care yeah. A Lot stuff? I like it. It's To me, it's Faith No More is more about Mike Patton. I agree. Which is kind of a crazy thing, because you know, there's a lot, a lot of bands out there that you know when they have the original singer, much like Van Halen, where it's like there's definitely Van Hagar people and Lee Roth people, yeah. right? Um, but, but but the real thing was so huge, had a huge hit. Huge, totally. So most people just don't even know about the or kind of like kind of like Black Flag, like, yeah. like Keith Morris's original singer, who's done he did Circle Jerks and Off. But the most well-known singer of Black Flag is Henry Rollins, because not that they were like a hit-making band, but some of their more legendary songs right. are the Rollins era, like Rise Above and stuff like that. Yeah. So same kind of similar thing with uh, Faith No More. And the thing with Faith No More fans is you can't like Faith No More. And Red Hot Chili Peppers, right? You got to choose. Yeah, there's like yeah. a feud, right? There was a, chosen. There was yeah. a rivalry. <laughs> oh, you have chosen. I would hate to have to choose. Have to have Twos of both bands. That's the funny thing. All right. Oh, wow. Okay. Two was the Chili Peppers. Right? Hang on, no hang way. on, hang on. Stop, stop everything. Turn the machine off right yeah. now. <laughs> That's like a, there's no, a big feud with them, right? Ian, I have, yeah. well, there, there was back in the day, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's anymore. No. But I've known Ian for quite a while now. He's tattooed me numerous times. I never knew about this Chili Peppers tattoo. It was my third tattoo. What's is the it tattoo? Still, is it still the, visible? Yeah, it's the wrist one, just like the guys in the band have, like on the Funky Monks oh cover, like or uh, Blood Sugar Sex Magic. I, wow. Wow. I do have to say, 
I'm a huge fan of both. I love both bands, but I will say, on the intelligence meter, Anthony Kiedis versus Mark Patton, Mike Patton, Mar- and, and Mark, Mark, brother Mark, Mark Patton. Yeah. I'm intelligent. It's a pain, dude. Scooter, it's a pain. Scooter Patton too. He's I'm good. having needles plunge ink into my gut. The very vulnerable <laughs> part of my arm. Scooter yeah. McPatton. Uh, That's his cousin. Yeah. I think Mike Patton's the more interesting cat. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Well, that's. Gong, 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 king, gong, king, chong, 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 But if, yeah, if you go, like, Chili Peppers is the opposite. I mean, I go back to their old stuff because their old stuff is so good. Yeah. I'll jam on Mother's Milk, but that's yeah. probably, is that? Dude, blood sugar sex magic? Are you kidding me? Blood sh- I'm saying I'll jam on, mother, on Mother's Milk, but okay. blood sugar for me, that's my shit. Dude, to that me, in, in my opinion, as a Californian, California. California. Oh, Dude. yeah, man. Drop down the one. Get some tacos. One, man. Listen, fucking, when I need some fucking fish tacos, driving down the fucking Pacific Coast Highway. Dude, when Anthony Keaton said under a bridge downtown. Beach? No, when he said under a bridge downtown, he drew some blood. Like, I know that bridge, dude. I see tacos bridge, under that There's bridge. a lot of just dirty needles under there. Uh, for my taste, the top ones, Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Yep. Californication. Yeah. Dude, Californication is amazing. It's so good. So you're not a non Frusciante fan? What? Wait, say that one we're, more time? No, we're, we're beginning a special non Frusciante. You don't like John Frusciante? No, non Frusciante. The guy that took John Frusciante's oh, place. John yeah. Kil- Kilmeister? Yeah, Killing- yeah. uh, uh, it was uh, oh, David Navarro? Josh, uh, Josh no, Klinghoffer. Josh Klinghoffer. They I, call him non Frusciante. I have a controversial right at Chili Peppers' opinion, okay? I think One Hot Minute's a good album. I do too. I do, t- I do My three. Friends are so <laughs> I love that song. Remember Aeroplane? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Warped. Dude, like that's a good out. Al- Dave Navarro filled in a role. All right, but here's the deal. Do you remember the Conehead soundtrack? Yeah. Yes. Soul, Soul to Squeeze. squeeze. But here's the, hey, that was, that was for Shante. Yeah. yeah. It was. Yeah, it yeah. recorded for Blood Sugar Six. It was. Sick of Mechanico was recorded for that too, which oh, ended I didn't up on Wayne's World. Yeah. We got yeah. Ian, the Red Hot Chili Peppers Wikipedia, living Wikipedia page. Right <laughs> <here>. <laughs> That's right. Even though he made his choice. Even though you made your choice, dude. Yeah. Hey, so I'd like to call an audible real quick. Yeah. So walking past us just a second ago is Scout. Who is Hi, Scout. Ian, Ian's apprentices. Let's get Scout on a mic. Ian, do you have multiple apprentices or just Scout right now? Just Scout. Okay, so Scout. I yes. can barely handle Scout. <laughs> it, what you're looking at right here, is this weird for you as, as someone who's apprenticing learning to be a tattooer? Well, I'm sure she hasn't seen an NBA player get a tattoo before. <laughs> well, yeah, like of course. This is true. Is no, this weird? This is, this is new to me. I'm not surprised, but like, I'm excited to be it, here. In a way, cool. we're kind of, uh, you're Mr. Miyagi as well, because oh, one absolutely. day you could be doing a tattoo on somebody with someone who does a podcast. So. Totally. This is my first time on a pe- podcast for sure. Well, it's going to go first out to dozens this. of people. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Scout, what is it... What if I told you, in all honesty, that this is extremely painful? Oh, man. I've I'm not trying to be cool. Like I'm just I mean, a guy. You're sitting like a champ. I feel okay. like you're doing a great job. Okay. <laughs> you're not showing it. I'm lying down like a champ. And you're lying down like an NBA champ. Well, because at this point, what am I going to do? Stop it? There's no stopping right, it. Yeah. But is it extremely painful? Yeah. Of course. It always is. Um, Scout, uh, do you know the band Metallica? I do but I, uh, I can't, I can't can have you a name solid one song? discussion. I don't think I can. One song? I'm so sorry. Not the biggest song in the world. I just got her to watch Reservoir Dogs for the yeah, first time. I'm, wow, I'm oh, that's a this. great I'm movie. I'm really behind the, the party. I'm catching up. No, the party's still going on. You okay. just, just got to come in the house. Well, thanks. Yeah. 
You're invited to the party. Thanks. You're always invited. <laughs> I feel so welcome. I just well, I wanted to call an audible. You were about to walk by, and I just figured, why not? Let's just let's just see what's up with Scout. Hell yeah! Well, thanks for having me on. Of course, yeah. <laughs> well, I'll have so, you sign an NDA later if that's cool. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You didn't see us here. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Are you next? No. Okay. <laughs> who? I, here's. I am curious. Who is going to be next? Maybe. Well, Ian, maybe yeah. Ethan. You go next. Oh no! I meant. I, I thought you meant. Uh, who's next for me to impromptu, the impromptu interviews? Is anyone else around? There's one other person left. All right, come on, dude. Come Last on, chance. Dude. Yeah. yeah. This is our big, our, our, the real boss of the place. The Johnny. real Wait, boss. The real boss. Johnny Wait. on the spot. Johnny gets it the, done. The I real just boss. Own it. <laughs> Wait, you, you. So I know you own this place. Yeah, Johnny's the shop manager. He's, so he's the shop manager. He's the, now. Can he's you fire Ian? Done. I haven't tried. Fire him right now. <laughs> no, I'm good. Fire just say, fire. just say you're fired. You're fired. Oh, you're, you're fired. fired. Oh, wow. He just said you're fired, Ian. What do you say to uh, that? That was an interesting impersonation. <laughs> oh, wow. You're fired. That's not what he sounds like, bro. <laughs> I was doing my best. You were doing your best. You were producing the show. Okay, good. so you're the shop manager. Mm-hmm. Okay. What does that entail? What is, uh, give us a list of your, your, your duties. I get coffee. Okay. Uh, get lunch. Sounds like an intern. Okay, go ahead. That's it. <laughs> you sound like an apprentice. It's uh, not tattooing. You know, everything that's not tattooing, I have some sort of. You know, are you a tattooer? Somebody has to order the paper towels. Sure. You know what I mean, but are you a tattooer as well? No, not. You're not. Mm-mm. Do you have a Do you have a, a, a desire to be? I don't. No, just like being around it. Okay. Yeah. When are you getting your Metallica tattoo? Uh, soon. Soon. Like tonight? No, I can't. I don't know. I do, I'm kind of the same. I never listened to Metallica, so I couldn't wow. get a Metallica tattoo. What do you listen to? Uh, whew, good question. Not Metallica. I don't know. Yeah, pretty much whatever. I, I listen to a lot of what we listen to here, which is. Like we rotate picks. Like, so like, uh, like, like so I listen. I do listen. I have listened to Metallica here. Sure, but but, but if if, uh, if if I were to does does Ian dominate what gets played here? No, Ian's fair. Really? Ian's, yeah. No, he. Sh- I mean, he'll veto. I'm more fair than I prefer to be. Yeah. Okay. He, no, he he sits through a lot. He vetoes Cardi B hands down every time. Okay, so it's, Car- it's Cardi. Oh, B I was gonna say, are you a Post Malone guy? Yeah, I'm down with Cardi. Well, I, yeah, I'm kind of down. I I kind of preferred it when she was just featured on stuff. Are you a Post Malone honest, guy? Oh, so you're like an OG uh, Cardi Post B. Post fine. Yeah, I didn't listen to Post Malone until I worked here. Well, okay, how about this? And I try my best not to listen to Post Malone, so it's. Quincy Posty. I hope he. Pretty big fan. <laughs> yeah, I like I like Post Malone. Well, let, let me ask you this. I like the Nirvana covers, even though Ian did. Oh, those were great. Those were Sorry, awesome. Come, Come on, Ian. Had a good time. We had this conversation. I, I, oh my god. I literally I posted a thing about how I think it's some weird trick that people are trying to play on us that Post Malone is popular, and then at the bottom I put in parentheses. Please don't DM me about the Nirvana covers. Uh, Paul immediately DM me. DMs me about the Nirvana covers. He slid so fast in your, yeah. into your that's DMs. A, that's an invitation. It was well, a dick pic, and it was him defending Post Malone right. playing Nirvana. So let me ask you this real quick. Uh, I know you're about to leave. You got your bag on your shoulder. You're ready to go. I'm sure you have things to do. Desert Island, just one or two records that you would take one to do. Two one or two records. Just okay. off the top of your head. If I was going to a Desert Island tomorrow, and you this couldn't like come, overall, this couldn't is just come what back. I'm listening to right now. Right. I would take the Kinks. Okay. Which album? Uh, I just bought a. Uh, like the third one. Yeah, kind of Kinks is good. That's like the first like record I bought from them, so that's like the first one I know all awesome. the way through. Sure. But I just bought like a double LP, like thirty something songs of like their top. The Ovoir. Hits. So I would take that record. Okay. That's kind of a okay. two in one. So those are. You're, so you're only taking the Kinks. No, I'll take. I mean, I'll take something else. Too. Okay. What else? I want. I want to know. Which uh, Milli Vanilli album are you taking, dude? Maybe that Elvis one? Presley with <laughs> the Philharmonic. Hey, okay. That's a good one. Okay. Oh, I feel like you're I feel like you're a pretty deep cat, man. 
There's, there's two. Pass that. I mean, sure. in the matter in a matter of a few minutes, you talk about Post Malone, Cardi B, Elvis, and the Kinks. Yeah. Wow. It's a good playlist. Yeah, that's that was good. good. Yeah. Make a playlist based off. I'm glad I talked to you into coming over here because yeah. you were not about it a second ago. <laughs> You're like, no, nah, I'm cool, man. I'm cool. I like the sound of my voice. I don't like the sound of my voice. Well, you <laughs> don't, don't worry. You don't, don't have to listen to our podcast. We're gonna edit you out anyways. Don't All right, worry. cool, perfect. We don't actually care about your thoughts or anything. I'm just kidding. We love you guys. It's all fodder. Thank you. Nice to meet you, dude. Oh, you're very, uh, clean. I think you're almost done, man. Good job on your task. Thanks, homie. You made I'm, it, dude. I'm relieved. Are we really done? You're done. We're done? Oh, God. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Dudes, it was pretty painful, man. Uh, yeah, it's painful. You've had tattoos in that general area. You, you have one on your, other, on your other arm. It says, living is easy with eyes closed. Yeah, it's John Lennon, baby. Also, it's not a great way to drive your car, but... Um, well, the, the lyric is, living is easy with eyes closed, misunderstanding all you see. It's about how painful it can be to face the truth. It's about how painful deep, it is to, dudes. to drive deep your car shit, with your eyes Ian. closed. <laughs> I love it. All right. You're Woo. done, man. Who's next? Wow. Who's going next? I'll go next. Hey, listen, everybody. We're going to play you a clip of something. We'll be right back. When a man loves a woman Can't keep his mind on nothing else He takes the world for the good thing Dude, I'm already thinking about more tattoos. It's weird how addictive it is. It really is weird. You have the tattoo high right now. Well, you you finish one and you're like, oh yeah, I need like ten more of these. Now it just kind of it, it kind of burns like a sunburn. You're like, yeah, it's fine. I can oh, the that. pain has subsided. Now I'm just riding, yeah. riding, now riding high. Well, I will say this. So when when Clint finishes tattoo, when Ian finishes tattoo, Ian had a reset, of course, you know, for sanitary reasons. Obviously. Obviously, we're, we're not up, sharing we're the same up needle. To code. We're up to code. At least that's what we're saying. Well, we're saying that right now on the podcast. It's official. We're up to code. I was just thinking though, it's like we're at the beach with Paul. We may as well. <laughs> <laughs> because he's wearing like short shorts, right? We're taking a picture now. This is the most uncomfortable. Is this technically, my legs por- is this technically pornography? So Dude. we're looking at Paul. I just got the best angle. It's like Paul's playing for the NBA, but in like 1980. <laughs> and there's a nice shaved patch on his left upper thigh. I'm aroused. And uh, we have this. It's the uh, Lady Justice. We can say what it is. We can, yeah. Can we not? We'll, Are we'll, we... We'll, we'll probably post... I would imagine we'd post all the final tattoos the day the episode drops. So we can say it on, right now. So the fascinating thing that Ian was pointing out, which uh, is fascinating, is that Paul, who is heavily tattooed, no leg tattoos. And my reasoning being, uh-huh. I hate my legs, and I wear pants every day. I'm here to tell you, man. Don't hate your legs, man. You got good. You got nice legs. You're a runner. I have nice white gigantic thighs. Well, you're a, you're a white ginger guy. Or calves. You're calves. a ginger guy. Yeah. Does, is, does the red hair run through the, the Moak gene pool? Uh, my grandfather had it on my mom's side. But, you, but, but Moak Sr., no, uh, he's, nope. not a, he's not a ginger. Nope. Huh. Yeah. What about your kiddos? No, they're both kind of sandy blonde right are now, but that sure could change with puberty. Are you <laughs> sure that you're a Moak? Uh, never been We're about confirmed. to run a Moak. Oh, about to run a moke. Sorry, that's not good, is it? That's not a good joke. It's not the worst joke. Well, it's clear that my tattoo is easily the most baller and most painful. 
I mean, we can go ahead and agree, right? I mean, maybe. I mean, listen, <laughs> Paul, Paul, I'll say this. Paul has a lot of tattoos, which Ian has done all of them, right? Uh, all but one? No. 85%. I didn't know that you guys had that kind of history. Uh, well, actually, uh, we, we didn't go even talk back. about this. Guess who introduced you to Ian White or recommended you to get yes. tattooed by Ian White? Was James me. Hetfield. Yeah. It was yeah. me. I, I don't remember if it was, it was James Hetfield. He was. I really thought you were going to say James Hetfield. I was like, hey, James, do you know a good guy to tattoo Paul Mook? He goes, ooh, yeah. Well, you know, Ian, James is like heavily tattooed guy. He's like way into tattoo culture. Yeah, of course. We need to get, if, if, if fucking Sigaros and Paul Moak of heart and Ethan Luck of Morgan Wade fame are going to come up in this motherfucker and get a tattoo, why not right. James Hetfield? Yeah. If Ian ever tattoos James Hetfield, this, is, this automatically becomes my podcast. Yes, you're the, you're <laughs> the new, yeah, exactly. Ian, you're the new host. I you're do have a question host. about that. Let's say someone like James Hetfield comes in. He's like, "Hey, I've heard of your work. Do you just not charge a guy like James Hetfield? Like, it, it's got to be weird to be like." Well, I, I sort of. It depends on the situation. He, I, I'm guessing he would want to just pay your rate, but you're like, dude, you're James Hetfield. I, like, if Mike Patton wanted a tattoo, you're like, come on in, Mike. Yeah, I mean, like when I've worked on the Cigarettes guys, it's like. That's my all right. Name dropper. Life. Name I, dropper. Well, it's more of like to use the example. So they, I would pay my way to get to where they are, but then they would pay me full rate. Right. So it all was a wash. Right. Yeah. Or, or if, if they was... walked into my shop right now, I would probably stop tattooing Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Paul. Sorry, dude. Days. You know, it's like that's not cool, man. Well, uh, by the way, everybody, ladies and gentlemen, James Hetfield. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. There he is. I think if James Hetfield walked in right now, I would want you to stop tattooing me and tattoo him. I I feel like though James as a person would yeah. walk over and be like, "I want to watch you idiots get these tattoos, <laughs> and then you can tattoo me." Now it's been clearly established that my tattoo was the most painful baller tattoo. Though I'm, I think we all agree I'm the bravest. Define clear. But I do have to say that looks like a pretty sensey area. It's not too bad. Put the abreve on sensitive, by the way. We well, gotta save time. I will throw a little bit for. Paul here that he is, and I'm not exaggerating, one of the toughest people I've tattooed Whoa. in all my almost 20 years. Of all right. Practice. I I'll accept that. It. Ian, I accept that. However, he sat through his back like I, I swear he was napping. Here's the only, here are the only ways I'll accept that. That's very is sad. if you tell the same story about me from here on out. <laughs> <laughs> about the, about the courage player. and the bravery, the strength of mind. Well, one of the things about the back is I have no idea where you are, how far along you are. And he couldn't so see your gotta, face. Yeah, I just got to get into. He like couldn't a see zen. those like silent uh, silver sit tears. Him, he still, even if it hurts, he just goes into some. Well, I mean, it's 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 very established <laughs> hey. on our podcast that Paul is a very zen person. Well, where do you what do you attribute your threshold for pain to? Mississippi. Working a guitar shop. Seriously. Uh, is that a Jackson thing or? Maybe that combined with redhead. Aren't redheads supposed to be? Like more pain tolerant. I don't make a I've habit of stereotyping. I was uh, blonde when I was born, so I have no oh, okay. idea. I'm not sure. Maybe I also have this thing where if I like, if I'm excited about something and I want it, then it's like I'm laser, laser focused, yeah. tunnel vision on. Right, it. and you're okay. very driven. Yes. Yeah, you are. How? Speaking of being driven. Do you think you will ride the dreads into the sunset? <laughs> I hope so. I want to. I want to get to the point where they're like white. Yes, like kind of like the Faith No More dreads. guy. Oh uh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. They're right, drummer. yeah, the Mike, drummer, Mike Borden. Yeah, 
And uh, isn't there a uh, white zombie character who also has white dreads? Well, it's like when we saw saw Black Flag together. Keith Morris. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's Keith, like, oh yeah, that's right. Keith he's Morris like almost bald, forever. but yeah. the guy that's like, in Off. He's in Off. He was in the Circle Jerks. Yes, yeah. Keith Morris is awesome. Um, or there's a character. Uh, oh, what's his name in The Walking Dead? He's the, he's the he's the king. Sideshow Bob. Uh, what's his name on the show? I, I, I love the show. I'm forgetting. Ezekiel. Yeah, King Ezekiel. He's got super white dreads. Yeah. Have you ever seen The Last Kingdom on Netflix? I have not. It's like about uh, the Danes invading England in like the 600s or whatever. Okay. And uh, a lot of them have dreads. They're these Danish warriors. Some of them have shaved heads and tattoos. And and I was running the other day, and I ran in front of White Bison, and this lady goes, Uhtred! Uhtred! Son of Uhtred! They're like the main character in the show. <laughs> I was like, That's amazing. Unbelievable. Paul, I have a personal question for yeah. you. Now, I mentioned earlier a biological imperative. Yes. For men, that's sort of centered around the private testicular area. Now, you're getting tattooed pretty close to that. Now, in our minds, we know that you're <laughs> receiving a tattoo. We're right. able to sort of parse this out. But your lizard brain, us understanding any of this is happening is really new, like within 10,000 years. Yeah. However, people like us have been on the planet for about 2 million years. So there's got to be something in you that's going, I'm receiving a lot of pain really close to my... Reproductive area. Are you at war in your mind with this? Total zen. Total zen. Yeah, I knew it. I knew it. Um, That's because of the black tar, though. That's the black tar true. heroin. Um, and the black tooth grin he, he downed. Um, black tooth grin. I, the bl- uh, <laughs> I will say. Were you there for the black tooth night? The black tooth grin night? I think that no. was just, that was the four of us. <sighs> that was the three of you. It was not one of my you proudest moments. And oh, yeah, yeah. Then I joined, I joined the... Uh, the Four Horsemen, Four Horsemen. Yeah. of Metal. Um, we used to, way before the podcast, yes. we used to get together at Paul's house. We would wear metal paraphernalia, mm-hmm. and we would watch that metal show. Yep. Yep. And we, it was our metal night. I remember my first one. Yeah. Guess, There's a good picture of that. Guess who fell asleep on the couch that night? Me. Mayfield. Not me and you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mayfield and Paul. Oh, I you did too? I still have like 8,000 pictures on my phone to to. Because I probably grabbed your phone it. and took a bunch, because yeah. that's what I do. Um, back to um, getting tattooed close to your gen- genitals. Um, I can relate right now because Ian did an amazing portrait of Rocky Balboa on my thigh. Let me see it. I will say it, it is quite a bit higher. Let me see it. Hang on. I don't care yeah. if I see a little bit of scrotum. What am I going to be? What am I gun shy about a little scrotum at this point in my life? Oh my God. Here we go. Dude, I feel assaulted. <laughs> Okay, so you saw it. That is amazing, you, dude. You've, Paul, you've seen this. <laughs> yeah, it's just, Ian did this. It never disappoints. What is that? Four inches? <laughs> oh, four inches away from okay. three and a half. Okay, so let me just describe this for people at home. Okay, it's young Rocky. It's from Rocky Two. With a fucking fedora. Yeah, Rocky Two. And this is—I'm understanding now why you said Ian was known for portrait work because it's amazing. That is a sp- That is. A perfect hey, yo. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Dude, I can't believe you have that, dude. Wait, you've never seen this. How does it feel to have your best tattoo in a spot where no, no one, one can, can see, see it? it. Um, my wife can see it. And guess what? She doesn't. Like no, it. let me tell you something. Let, like me, let me tell you something. She gets mad at me when she sees me. Let me it's let me true. let me tell you something that I know about marriage and you and all of this. She hasn't seen that in ten years. She, no, she, she sees that. Sorry, <laughs> let, let this ride here. 
Um, I can guarantee that you're almost never naked. No, no. Here's the thing, though. When In I a way where your bed, wife can like, see. I'm, I'm wearing boxer briefs right now. When I go to bed, it's it's seen. Especially <laughs> if I'm, I'm, I'm laying in bed. I'm not talking about sexy time. If I'm just laying in bed and, my, and my, I lift my leg up, like my knee up. Ian, you're a married man. Yes. You're a father. How often do you think his wife has seen that part of his body? Three times. Three times total. <laughs> it's more than that. <laughs> I'll say five. this. When we go to the beach, sometimes I have, I have board shorts that go down to my knees. Sometimes I wear some shorter shorts because I'm feeling kind of fun. Yeah. You know? Dude. I'm on vacay. Have fun. Always. You Always. Know, you know the deal. Ian, Ian, I'm pretty sure, he doesn't know this, this term, but I feel like he already lives it. Ian has fun always. Have, have fun always. It, what do you, yeah, exactly. That's all you can do. Paul, I, what's your pain threshold? One. One? Well, Ian did say you were the strongest man he knew. <laughs> I'll I'm say paraphrasing. This. I'll say this. When you have a lot of tattoos like me and Paul or Ian. Or me. Or, or Clint, number four. I have four. Um, Clint's still at the point where, where he's counting. We've lost him. <laughs> that's such a good point. If, Dude, we were t- we, that's so true. We, true. we were talking outside where it was like, Ethan, Ethan was telling me I should get like outside arm stuff. And I was like, I don't know, man. I don't know if there's anything I care about enough. And Ethan was like, oh, dude, at a certain point, the tattoos quit being like super meaningful. Oh, yeah. Right. Which I guess is person. like a real thing, right? Like, like, well, it depends on the person. I mean, Paul, I, I think, has a lot of meaning in a lot of his tattoos. Well, not that you're yeah, cavalier yeah, about yeah. it, but you start to get so many that... that you don't attach so much significance in terms of like, oh, I'm gonna have to tell the story or how, right, to, yeah, I, you know, yeah, exactly. Um, but I feel like, at least for me, at a certain point, like, meaning wasn't so much important as as much as uh, the guy that was tattooing me at the time in California. He's like, hey, I, I just did California, California fish tacos. Um, Is this shop on the one? What's is it that? on the one one or the five? Uh, it's actually off the 55. Is it in the valley or is it you go up? Anna. Oh, right, right, right. Um, Next to the taco shop? Dude, get a Topo Chico and you're sitting right, man. Um, but, he, you know, I, I'd go in there and, and, you know, not plan on getting tattooed. I would just hang out there. It was just a place to hang out because I knew everybody that worked there and, and, and got tattooed there. Can we, can we talk about... Hang on, we can in a second. Okay. Let me finish this real quick. All right, let's do but it. But it was one of those things where, where it wasn't you didn't care, but you wanted to support your friend who was tattooing right. and growing as a, as, a, as a tattooer. And he'd be like, oh, I just did this new flash sheet. A flash sheet is like a bunch of designs they do, right? And I'd be like, dude, that whatever is awesome. And he's like, you want it? I'm like, yeah. And we would just do it right there. Wow. You know? Like, uh, where is it? This, like, this thing right here, like this flower with wings. My buddy Eric, who's a very well-known tattooer now, um, it was a new thing he drew, and I saw it, and I loved it. And he's like, you want it? I'm like, yep. It's kind of how we did that one on your shin, isn't it? Wasn't that just something I had drawn up on? Uh, the gun? Yeah. I think so, yeah. It's a, it's a gun with a... Remember the, uh, the thing that comes out of the gun that says pow? Oh, so <laughs> I say gun, and it's not cool, but you can say gun, and it's fine. When did, you, when did that happen? He it's said gun earlier when he was referring to the tattoo machine. Well, I'm talking about an, I know, act, I'm an, kidding, an actual dude. gun. It was Listen. a good callback. Can Just we talk about your particular pulse, flavor? Do you solder things in the studio? Are you, are you pull your soldering gun? I do say it's soldering a, gun. Do you really? Yeah. Is everything a gun to you? Uh, that is very phallic. You pull out your guitar It's gun. very masculine yeah. and phallic. Very patriarchy. Well, Can we talk about your specific happiness flavor? Happiness is a warm gun. Dude, living is easy with fucking eyes closed, baby. Can we talk about your very unique flavor of Hawaiian shirt? Yeah. That's a very bold, unique flavor. It's my favorite one next to the Metallica one I have. It, this actually costs six dollars online, as you can tell by all the. All yeah, the, it's ripped apart. It's frayed, and I, all I've done is wash it. It's as if it's as if werewolves are real, and you ran into one in East Nashville one night. Or it's like an OG. <laughs> I've been wearing it so long. But it's such a bold green. It's green and yellow, some orange, some brown. Ian, Ian, on a scale of one to ten of intensity, how would you rank Ethan's uh, Hawaiian shirt today? 
Let me do it. Let me do a twirl for you. Oh, well, now it's eleven. eleven. Okay. Wow. Bees go to eleven. Tail. Okay. Um, this was one. Uh, this was back when uh, a, f- a friend of ours was going to throw a luau in his backyard. He did, and um, my wife ordered a couple shirts online. She just found it, a website, and there was like they, these are literally like seven bucks. And I love the color. I love the pattern so much. And for me, with Hawaiian shirts, it always reminds me of my grandma who passed away like five years ago. Because she was way into Hawaiian stuff. And she wore moo-moos and all that. You know? I was going to make a pretty good joke, but then you mentioned that. No, no. you can still make it because she would probably <laughs> laugh at it. I was going to say, did she get it from homelessguy.com? She did. She loved homelessguy.com. <laughs> she was my, she, and listen, I'm not from the South, but she was my Meemaw. I, my grandmother, I called Meemaw. Everyone, everyone in the South I learned when I moved here, your grandma or grandpa's Meemaw or Pawpaw. I called my, my first. I had a pawpaw also. My, and we have a pawpaw, of course. <laughs> yes, we do. We do. My, my first word wasn't dada or daddy. It was papa. Penis. Not pawpaw, papa. P-A-P-A. It wasn't penis. Okay. It wasn't penis. <laughs> um, I got Ethan with that one a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting. Like growing up in, Cal- in California. Um, Dude. Like my dad was papa and Mima, but it wasn't M-E, or is it M-E-W-M-A-W? Yeah. In the South? It Meemaw? Was M-E-M-A. Meemaw. Ours was, my, my Meemaw was M-E-E-M-A-W. Okay. Meemaw. How's this for Mississippi? Do you know what my grandmother's name was? Paul Moak. Grandmother. Grandmother. She made us call her grandmother. That's like Victorian. That's like proper. You yeah. call me grandmother. You just call me grandmother. Young Moak. Grandmother and grandfather. Wow. Yeah. Does she have a sitting room? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, wait, Did she have many leather-bound books? A sitting room that you're not allowed to sit in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, had the plastic over it. Yeah. My grandma had that, but there was no plastic over it. There was a room. I'm not kidding. The first time that I remember actually walking in there and sitting down on something or walking on the carpet was, this is, you know, nine years after she passed away. When my grandfather passed away, I went back home for the funeral, and we went to the house to get, gather some things and whatnot. And I, and I looked, at my, looked at my sisters, and I go, I'm walking in the room. I literally never set foot in that room. And wow. I walked in there and I was like, I'm, and, my, and my other grandma, her name was Catherine. I remember, and she, she was originally Austrian. And her nickname was Kata. Oh, Austrian. K-A-T-A. Oh, she was Austrian, yes. <laughs> yeah, she was right. <laughs> Pump it up. Come on, come on. Come on, get to the chopper. Uh, but it was Sorry. amazing. Like, I walked into that room for the first time. I mean, maybe I did when I was a kid as a joke and like tried to hide or whatever. Yeah. But I walked in there like with my shoes on into the room you're not supposed to walk into. Yep. Dude, what is up with our generation having grandparents that had like scary rooms you couldn't go into? Dude, what I is know up with one that? of my best friends well, grew up in Indiana yeah. and his parents, his dad, during the winter months would cellophane off a whole section of their house so that he didn't have to pay the heating bill. Oh my gosh. That's, yeah. That's very frugal. Can you believe that? Wow. Dude, the responses to... Are we getting some good stuff? Someone just wrote, most anticipated episode of the year. Oh, wow. <laughs> Someone else wrote, I can't believe this is actually happening. <laughs> what else we got? What else we got? Uh, those, are the, those are the big ones. Let me check my notifs. Those notifications. Yeah. Short. Put the abreve on it, baby. You got to. Uh, oh, someone said, and I can say this now because no one's listening live. Someone said, is Scary Guy in any of the tats? Ooh. Oh, they were in for quite a surprise, aren't they? Maybe they are. That's my tattoo. So only on our Discord page or Discord server on the in, in the Patreon channel okay. am I posting the completed tattoos. It's okay, only, it's, it's exclusive. Exclusive, exclusive yes. to the patrons. I posted. I said for patron patrons eyes only. I'll post all the tattoos as we finish them. Paul's up next. Here's Clint. So I posted a photo of him, and the first response is from Michael Grosvenor. Okay, the governor. Grosvenor. 
It's G R O S. I know, but the S is silent. I like to. <laughs> I, I like to call him the governor. The governor says Clint is magnetic. Ooh, death magnetic. Wah, wah, wah. So Paul, the significance of Lady Justice. So I know we know from our time with you that really Black Album '90s World is your thing, right? But why Lady Justice? Well, I couldn't get just a black square for the Black Album. I couldn't get a coiled snake, <laughs> right? Because you know, "Don't Tread on Me" is not very popular right now. That's kind of a tough political, <laughs> tough yeah. political thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love the imagery of what Lady Justice embodies, the message sure. that it says. It's undeniably recognizable. It's yes. Super iconic. And Ian can attest to this, but I feel like aesthetically it kind of fits with the style of everything else that I have yes. on my body. Which if, if none of you have ever studied Paul's body, <laughs> uh, everything Paul has, I don't think Paul has any color on his body. I don't. Oh, oh no color. A sl- mild sunburn from the beach. Yeah, exactly. Um, but all of Paul's That's the tattoos, only color tattoo. Oh, there's a little heart over. Jackson, Mississippi. Yeah, yeah Jackson. And Ian didn't want to uh, outline it. He said, it's going to look like a zit. It kind of looks like a zit. Yeah. Well, uh, guys, like to a, be fair, not a zit, maybe a herpy. Sorry. It looks more like a... By the way, I want to point out, so when, when uh, talented tattooers like Ian are doing anything that's in, in, in yeah, por- yeah, portrait Ian. style, in the portrait style, which is, a, 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 correct, Rocky correct me if I'm wrong, Ian, it's, it's, it's mostly shading, right? Okay. Correct. I'm so right. Um, but oftentimes <laughs> they will have a, a printed out picture of what they're tattooing in front of them to essentially kind of freehand it, I guess? Uh, to, to refer to, to reference. Yeah, yeah to reference. Um, so right now, Paul has a printed out picture of the Injustice for All album cover taped to his stomach. <laughs> Is it taped? <laughs> it's taped. It's, there's some gaff tape right there or something. Again, probably the yeah. bravest. Probably the bravest of the three. Do you think there's a, an, an amount of time in there that you'll never remember? I was definitely glad that we were doing an episode, so I had some somewhere to go. Yeah. And you know, maybe that's gonna be your thing now. Is like you can only get tattooed if you're if we're doing an episode. Alive. <laughs> right. I, I I will say I'm less experienced as you guys, so you know, yeah, I, I don't have as much of a threshold. You'll get there. Well, uh, well, I mean, listen, I immediately have like it, three more ideas. In your in, in your defense, I have not been tattooed in in five or six years. Ian did the Rocky tattoo we just talked about. That's the last tattoo I got. Dude, that Rocky from tattoo really? is so yeah. awesome, oh, dude. It's that great. Rocky tattoo is so awesome. I know, it's awesome. I, I should wear Speedos on stage. It's just so interesting to me how much you love Rocky. I love it. You really do love Rocky. It's one of the best. I feel like we've had this conversation before, <laughs> but which is your favorite? Rocky one's the first one's my favorite. I feel like one and two are so great because they, they, they flow right into, into one another. It's like the part two starts with the end of Rocky one, and it's perfect, but Rocky Four was the biggest one with Ivan Drago, the Russian. Yeah, you know it was it was in the eighties. Not the Apollo Creed. What was that three? Uh, that was yeah. well. He he's in the first four. Yeah, uh, at some they point. were enemies and they become friends. Exactly, then Apollo yeah. Creed t- takes a fight that he can't win. And he exactly. gets killed. Yeah. Then Rocky wants to do it, and then a- and then Adrian, who's the fun killer, she goes, "You can't win." And then he takes off in his Trans Am around the streets of Philadelphia to get some, blow, I, some, blow some steam. I kind of feel like because of my age and because of this when this happened to me. That I love Rocky Five because I love when he's like it's, it's, it's the same anger of the Rocky I just series. love when he's it like I, did, I love that he had the son he got the earring and he was a bad kid but then he over the course of the film the the kid gets to see that his dad's actually what was a that hero. guy's name that was his actual son in real life no no in the movie what's his he, he, I think the, it's, it's, it's uh, I think his name is Robert like Robert no, Stallone no no the the 
Oh, the, the, the villain? The villain. Tommy Gunn? Yeah. Tommy Gunn. That's yeah, no, but, it. And yeah, really, yeah. it was Tommy Morrison. It was a real boxer. But I just love, when the, I love well, when the guy, they're on the street and Rocky, because Rocky Five is Rocky like at the bottom. He's going back to his roots. He's at the fucking, he lost everything. Yeah. Lost everything. And I love that, that at the end when he's fighting for like the honor of his son and his reputation and the guy goes, touch me and I'll sue. And Rocky's like, he turns around and then he uppercuts him and he like lands on the fucking hood of a like, oh, he, of, he of a Cadillac ground, yeah. and he goes, Sue me for what? Sue me for what? That's good. Shit. Right before that, when, when Rocky's in his like local bar in Philadelphia, and they and they come in to try to get this big fight, and he doesn't want anything to do with it, <clears throat> and finally they they push him to the edge. Oh, and they're like, "You name the time, you name the place, anywhere, Las Vegas, blah blah blah." And he looks at me and goes, my ring's outside. My ring's outside, baby. That's, That's good. Yeah. That, I'm telling you, Rocky Five, I'm making the case now, Ian, that Rocky Five is the Dark Horse front runner for best Rocky film. So I'll, I'll say this. And, 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 um, That's such a Clint move. Well, no, I, I agree with everything <laughs> he said. Load and reload. Yeah. I agree with everything he said, okay? Sorry, dude. Um, <laughs> I keep messing up. <laughs> and I had, this con- I, had, I had a similar conversation with Zach Burkhalter on my Metal Tales. With Shout him. out to Zach. What hey, up, what's Zach? up, Zach? He's a big Rocky fan, too, and so we could not talk about that. So for years, it was kind of like, it's the same anger of the Rocky series, right? It's the worst one. And maybe at the box office, it still is. Right. But the older I get, the more I watch it. I'm like, the only bad parts about this movie are Tommy Morrison's acting. Yeah, that's Again, pretty rest, bad. Rest in peace. Sylvester Stallone's son's acting is not great. And the soundtrack is like early 90s what sounds like hip hop that was written by a bunch of white guys. Mm. Other than that, like the, the Beastie Boys, the, you watch your mouth. Ooh. You watch your mouth. <laughs> Line strong. I'm just strong. saying, white guys can make good rap songs. I, I was taking issue with your, you know, racial stereotype. Well, I'm just saying it was white guys that had nothing to do with rap that maybe made that. It's not good. I, I, I should look, look at the soundtrack to see who actually actually was, but. Um, oh my God! It was it was Onyx or Run DMC. Um, Onyx Slams Let the boys be boys Did I tell you The story of Rocky V Is so good Yeah Dude everyone wants to see the hero He, he ascended He became Rocky the, 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 the narrative The classic narrative by the way Archetypal narrative The hero comes down and then how do they deal with their fall from grace? Right. That's it, great. It's, it, it's, it's, it's the next chapter of the underdog story for him. He was the underdog. He rose at the top. Did it his way. A new kind of underdog. Right. But now it's like you just lost everything. Yeah. Your, your, your brother-in-law, fa- Paulie, family. lost it all. Because you were kind of dumb and let him have power of attorney. And guess what? <laughs> Man, we're really, <laughs> really getting it, in the weeds of the I mean, did, we, it, yeah. did we cover this before that... In grade school, me and my buddy learned slam backwards. Oh, we... I didn't know that. Well, there was a backwards version on the single, on the single. No, really? no, no. Ready? I can still do it. I, I can't Mouse. wait. Mouse. Ud, 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 Tell it, siab, siab. Let the boys be boys. Dude, that's like a satanic spell. Tell it, siab, siab. You know why? I, you know why I think you know that? Because I, I had the CD single, which was five different versions of Slam by Onyx, and I think one of the tracks was Onyx backwards. Did really? you have that, Ian? I had that single. Wow. 
I actually just recently bought it on cassette. I've been doing this thing where I've been going and buying all the cassettes I had. Yeah. Did you I guys got, do casingles? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, big time. I had all the black. That was that Onyx single. Yeah. Was it casingle? That was. I the think reason, I had that. That was the reason uh, that I heard. MC Hammer, covered. you can't touch this uh, single. Yeah. I had Dr. Dre's single. <sighs> Can we even talk about this anymore? My mom found it and threw it away because side A, nothing but a G thing. Mm. Yep. Great song. It was sure. on MTV. No big, no problem. I got a pocket full of rubbers and my homeboys do too. All right, look, that was Snoop's part. Side B though, who's the man with the master plan? An N word with a mother effing gun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. My mom found that in 1992. She was like, nope. And and she also that same day, I'll never forget this. I had some Dan Zig tape, and the cover it was like a demon with breasts. Uh, by the way, I said <laughs> Dan Zig, and I love that Ian instantly stopped tattooing me, and he goes. <gasps> Because you probably know what I'm talking about. Well, no, no. But the, it was the, your, your pronunciation. You Dan said, Zig. Is that Dan Zig 3? It was some sort of female demon with big rams, H. R. rams head. H.R. Geiger. Ra- oh, oh, it was H.R. Geiger? The guy who did the alien shit? Yeah. I love that guy. Are you into that guy? Uh, sort of. Do you guys know about H.R. Geiger or Geiger? I don't know about Dan Zig 3. Well, anyway, she, 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 she found that in... Uh, Damn, like demon. Is that on... Or is that Demon Thrall? Or is that 4? Demon Sweat Live? Oh, that's a live record, yeah. yeah. Man, we know so much about music, dude. We know so much about dancing. And Rocky. <laughs> and Rocky Five. I will talk about Rocky all night. I'm surprised I haven't started a side podcast about Rocky. Where, dude, that's in your future for sure. We could do... Rocky or The Clash. We could do... Um, now, there's a couple different ways this could happen. Okay. One way it could happen, Paul, is that Ethan finds another guy as into it as he is. Right. Which I'm not that guy. I, know, I, know, I already know that person. His name well, is Joey Sanchez. And he can go fuck himself. Now, the other way to do it <laughs> is you're the expert... And I'm the guy that's kind of like excited to just get on the ride. Oh, okay, okay. So yeah. almost like you, you get these two perspectives. You get, you get sort of seasoned, cynical Rocky guy who thinks right. he knows it all. Sure. But then you got fresh-eyed, you know, uh, bush-eared guy who's sure. just taking all the Rocky shit in and giving you a fresh perspective. Well, you also came in, and when we mentioned Rocky Five. you came in unlike most deep diehard Rocky fans. And I like the one that people don't like. Right. Yeah. Which, it, it, listen, I, I, used to, I used to hate that one like back in the day because I was a bit of a true, but I, I've, I've graduated from true and on over the Rocky A Rocky true. true. Dude, a Rocky true. I was, but I am, listen, I, I embrace all of them now. All of them. That was the only one that I ever didn't care for, but I but I actually really like it now. Ian, I, I watch that series once a year. Ian, when Ethan wow. came to you and said, I want a pristine, highly detailed picture of a young Rocky on my upper left thigh really close to my penis it was were you just like hey man a, a job up by his penis and i was like whatever image you want well, i wanted i wanted it i wanted actually rocky's head and my chest i wanted my penis to be rocky's penis <laughs> oh, <laughs> he, tmi if TMI? i wear his skin do i become him that's some sounds of lamb shit might be a little much i can't um i don't have time for that where would you say uh are we at the 30 percent mark on paul's lady justice tattoo a little further than that. Okay, further than 30%. Yeah. Paul hasn't had a lot to say. My theory about... What do you think? <laughs> Ethan says it's fine. My theory about... Oh, it looks good. My, my theory about Paul's uh, lack of commentary in the last maybe 15, 20 minutes, I think he's in a lot of pain. <laughs> or a lot of zen. Yeah. Both. Well, both hand in hand. Both equally. Is it pretty painful, actually? Uh, no. Oh. Not yet. Ow, he just dug in a little harder <laughs> right when I said that. Did, for effect. He did it on purpose, for sure. So uh, here's my question. I wonder if me and Clint exited the room for a couple of minutes, if Paul and Ian would start to describe, oh my God, it hurts so bad. Don't, or hurts so good. Get a little John Mellencamp on that bitch. John 
What? <laughs> I think he's awful. Whoa. In the words of my still alive father. <laughs> okay, thank you for clarifying. John Mellencamp is the poor man's boss. Ooh. Well, that Interesting may, my, theory. That may be, always said that. That may be true, but dude, that dude has some great songs, man. Does he? The boss is poor man's boss. The poorer man's boss. Yeah. My dad always used to say that. Dude, but you can't, fuck with, Jack, you can't fuck with Jack and Diane. I hate that song. <laughs> I hate that song. Hate it. Man. You don't like sucking on a chili dog. Sucking on a chili. I like sucking on a chili dog. I don't like his version. Yeah. There's someone that did a parody where they only say sucking on a chili dog. The I whole saw time. that. And it's great. I just cannot get into John Mellencamp's music. I cannot. Not one song. I like a lot of it. But, but, I'm happy but, for you. That's but, great. But there's a lot of bands that I don't like get into, but I can appreciate that the shit's good. I just can't. Like, I'm not rocking John Mellencamp albums at home. I don't even know what any of these albums are called. Like, one thing that Jack really, and Diane. Was that a really the name of an album? I don't know. Pink Houses? Dude, there's a song you need to listen to called Paper and Fire. Do I? And it's I know really that song. good. Yeah. yeah. He's going to listen to it right now. Post Malone Nirvana covers. <laughs> Ian, we are going to unfortunately diverge. On that, dude, when that was going down, the three of us, meaning me and Ethan and Paul Moak, we were texting like crazy that day. Yeah, because we were like, "Well, what's this going to be? Is it going to be a..." All right, how about just purely alone, raising awareness with a, a younger generation that Nirvana even existed? Okay, I'll also say this, Ian, that performance was for charity, and they raised over a million dollars for Two charity. Million. Two million. Three million. <laughs> way, way more than I have for charity, so I will give. Well, I don't know. Now that you've been featured heavily on Metal of Your Podcast, I uh, mean, shoot. I mean, I'm surprised the door is not. The charity potential is. Right now. Yeah, the charity potential is pretty high. That's true. But here's the deal: we all expected like I didn't. I'm a Post Malone fan, but I didn't know he was a Nirvana like true. That day it was a yeah. I mean, so so when that got announced, like he's going to do Nirvana covers, I thought, all right, what's this going to be? What could it be? Is it going to be him with auto tune? Right. I was stoked that Travis Barker was playing drums, and we knew Travis Barker, who has his 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 you know hard rock and punk pedigree, is sure. known. Sure. Uh, but dude, as that gig unfolded, it was like, and Ian, we can pivot from this pretty soon because I know that you don't like it. But <laughs> and I'll tell you what too, Ian, I'll tell you what, Ian, not my tattoo shop. I I'm actually not a big I'm actually not a big Nirvana guy. So I was like, what is this going to be? And as I started to it started to dawn on me within two or three songs, I'm like. They're playing these 100% faithfully. Yeah. And it was really clear to me that Post Malone is a Nirvana fan. For yeah. sure, yeah. He, he was singing, he knew all the words. Worst case, he's really good at learning songs. Because he didn't have a teleprompter or anything. They just, it was him with the electric guitar. It was, was basically a rock band. He was smoking cigarettes and like, he was probably hammering. In his house. Him. Paul is reattaching, they printed out a Justice Roll album cover to his stomach. So, By the way, I will not post it, but I got I got a great shot from like really low between Paul's. Yeah, I saw like you. I saw you birth. take it. That <laughs> was awesome. Well, let's talk for a few minutes since we got Paul trapped. Paul's trapped. He's very trapped. You yeah. and I can roam free. I mean, one might say we're tethered to the microphone. Should we take off? But want to grab some food? Let's get some. Let's get a little bit of insight into your last month and a half of. You know, you were a road dog forever. That's how you. That's. That's like your early career, right? Yeah. Like most of us knuckleheads. Yeah, yeah. You have since, for the last 10 years or more, parlayed that into Almost 15, 16. Right? 16 years yeah. of running easily one of the coolest studios in Nashville. Which actually <laughs> says a lot because we're in Nashville. Even in Berry Hill, where your studio resides, 
it looks like a bunch of houses. You can throw a rock at any of those houses. They're all studios. Yep. Including right across from you, one Mr. Peter Frampton. Yep. Peter. Peter's my neighbor. And that's yeah. what you do. Like, you make records, right? Right. Let's not uh, discount the sewing school across the street, too. There's also <laughs> sewing school. The, the lady that owns it, her license plate says, so cool. So That's my kind of lady. Cool. That's There's a literal sewing school. She's obviously Wait, but a dad. Clint, it's S-E-W. Cool. Sue, cool. It's little thing true. called pun. Like, do you get it? I think so. I mean, I know you just got tattooed. You might Even be though little, she spelled so wrong? You might be a little fatigued, but... It's SCW. Right. So the interesting thing is you're the kind of guy that's going to hunker down in your studio because you built this world that you're cultivating and you're working on. Sure. The call for you to strap on the guitar again, even though you play guitar on many of the sessions you produce, the call for you to strap, to get back in the bus, as they say. Yeah. Got to be a pretty interesting call. Yeah. It's gotta, well, it's got it's to be something that's like, okay, you've got my ear. Yeah. Say, please go on. And so we... We talked about this on one of our episodes, I think a Tangent City episode, where you got the call to play music with Ann Wilson, who, as far as I'm concerned, is rock and roll royalty. Oh, she's yep. one of the greatest, not only rock and roll singers, but definitely female singers. If, if you go, even if you only know the hits, if you go watch American Bandstand from 1977 when they were promoting Dreamboat Annie, and you just watch her do Magic Man, Barracuda, and Crazy on You. Oh, my you, God. Yeah. Amazing. It's just as good as anything. Yes. It's as good as Rumors. It's as good as Led Zeppelin 2. Yeah. If you go look up like best rock and roll female singers of all time. She's she's, she's at the top. It's like her and Stevie Nicks at the top of every list. Oh, yeah. So you get that call where you're like, well, all right, I'm going to leave the studio for a minute. Yep. I'm going to learn Magic Man. Yeah. Because you're also playing keys. Yep. And those, dude, the keys even I'm on Magic I'm actually playing Man. more keys. Well, it's probably 50-50, but a lot of keys. The key you stuff brought, is intense. You brought four keyboards? Yes. Four keyboards, two amps? Yep. And how many guitars? I think four guitars. Okay. A lot of, lot of gear. Different tunings. So a lot of gear. And you're like the perfect guy for that because you have all that gear and you can play all the gear. So you go, and it doesn't hurt that Tony Lucido yep. is playing bass. Tom Bukovac, who I think is probably... He's like right below you and I. He's probably, you know, we've got our Oddly Freeds, we've got our Joe Pasapias, yep. we've got our Clint Wellses, of course. Right. Um, but P- Tom Bukovac's probably one of the most... He's the dude in Nashville. Uh, he's probably one of the most revered yeah. guitar players in Nashville. And I guess he's sort of a band leader yep. type. He definitely is the band leader. So he gets the call. They put the band together. You're part of that band. Of course you're getting that call. And you go do some rehearsals, and what were you guys doing? Like theater, like what little like uh, what were those gigs? Yeah, they were theaters and small amphitheaters. So it's kind of a run of two weeks of touring. Yep. Which Tony never tours. Yep. You never tour. Yep. So does this Bu- is a, does Bukovac tour? and Bukovac. I don't, I don't know. He, well, him. he toured with Joe Walsh. Yep. When Joe Walsh was opening for Tom Petty, never heard of him. But I think even you know the stories I've heard of that were that that was kind of an exception for even Tom. Yep. Was well, Joe Walsh called me to go play with him, which Joe Walsh, in my opinion is top 10 guitar player. Right. So is Tom Bukovac uh, known as more of a session musician? Yeah. Yeah, he's okay. actually, his nickname, not self-imposed, other people, uh, is The Session Man. The he's session known man. as The Session he's Man. He's like the guy. But also, he's the guy. But also, is this true too? Like, he's not even really been doing that many sessions the last few years. Uh, yeah, he's doing more like records. Yeah, he's kind of like... Less sessions. Like, what, what do you mean? Like his own records? Or? No, no, like, no. Like, uh, 
Ringo Starr will call yeah. and say... I mean, that's a session, right? But not no, sessions the way they happen in town. Not you, here, you but think it's like, like 10 and 2 where you're knocking out five songs. That's like where what, he came what, what from. We do a smokestack. Like we, 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 we bust out songs, right? Yeah, this would be like Ringo calling saying, we're making a record together. Yeah, we're going to work on it for next month. He works a ton with Dave Stewart from the Eurythmics. Oh my gosh. Who, but who also wrote Don't Come Around Here No More. It's insane. One of the greatest yeah. Tom Petty songs. So wow. the band is obviously incredibly sick. You guys go do... How many shows did you guys do? Uh, this first run was actually only four shows. So only four, yeah. but those are, you know, you're with Ann Wilson, you're working up. I'm, you're playing the classics, yep. I'm guessing, but then is there like new material too? Because she's it making was, a record. It's called right? An Evening with Ann Wilson, so there was actually two shows with an intermission in the middle. A lot of music. The first half was her solo stuff and covers. Okay. And then we did uh, Won't Get Fooled Again. Um, dude, it's incredible. It's incredible. We did a Jeff Buckley song. Oh, uh, nice. Um, yeah, you know I'm terrible with titles, dude. Uh, <laughs> I think it was called Sabbath True. Uh, I can't remember. Love I'm You Should Have Come Over. No, Grace. No, no, no. no. Uh, so Real. Hallelujah. Keep going. Dream Brother. Leonard Cohen's on. Eternal Fire, Mojo Pin. Eternal Flame. Nope. Got my mojo working. Uh, I think I named all the ones I know. Anyway. Okay. Um, so the first set is kind of covery. Uh, John Lennon song. Which one? Come on, dude. Dang it, dude. Uh, How does it go? Imagine. Isolation. Imagine you guys are doing Isolation? Yeah, it's awesome. That song is, that's from Plastic Ono Band. By the way, I, th I believe track three, Piano Driven. Yep. And it's like a, it's like a, a Ascending or descending piano thing. Yep, ascending. Amazing. Yeah. Isolation. Okay. Uh, so and then right the second that, half is all heart hits. I also love right now that Paul is still very zen. Ian is getting somewhat close, I would say. Where you at, Ian? Probably like 80%? Yeah, about that. Okay. I still want to hear more about heart. So there's a 20% <laughs> chance that Paul might flinch at some point. <laughs> so, okay, so... What's it like learning the material? Because I was hanging out with Tony. We were watching some basketball. Yep. And he was showing me, he was letting me a little privy to the band sort of sending each other videos yeah, yeah, of yeah. them like getting ready. And it was like Tom Bukovac being like, here's some stuff on Magic Man and just playing the Magic Man stuff, which I'd forgotten how insane, insane. it is. Yeah. Like, it, honestly, it is insane. Insane. And then there was like I mean, you the doing the keys stuff. Yeah. Like, Moog thing. It's like a Moog thing. Yeah. But a little bit alone. Even the intro to even the intro to um, crazy on you. Crazy but on but you. Tony told me yeah. you guys aren't doing that. No, Tom does it. The acoustic intro. He does it on electric it, guitar. Okay, and okay. it's amazing. Because and he milks I'm, because it. I was very very excited for Paul and Tony. I don't I don't know uh, Tom or the drummer. Yeah, yeah. Sean. Uh, what's his name? Sean Lane. Sean. Don't know him, but good good job, Sean. Um, I, I looked up a couple of videos on YouTube of just you know heart fans posting stuff because I was like I want to see Paul play with Ann Wilson. And the first one that came up was Crazy on You, and it's Tom doing this whole long, drawn-out yeah. intro. And That's exactly what has to happen. Oh, yeah. for sure. And the, that, it's the Nancy and the Wilson part. loved it. Yeah. Loved well, it. Tony, Tony told me early on, he goes, and it, you know, it's Tony Lucido. Yeah. He was like, uh, we're doing like a different kind of intro for that. And I was like, dude, you can't not do that yeah. part, the yeah. Nancy part. But it's the, but it's the part, it's just, just drawn out. Yeah. Well, I think he was saying that that wasn't on the table at first, maybe. I think he might have been wrong about that. Okay. I, we were texting, and Tom said, I got something for that. Okay. And I think 
Tony maybe meant, maybe thought we weren't going to do it, right. but Tom had it all worked up on electric guitar. Dude, it's, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. I watched, I watched a performance on YouTube and it was. So, you know, you know what was crazy about this one? I think, uh, entering back into playing live when I was doing it all the time, if I got a call to do a set with somebody, it was like, well, I, if I'm 60% prepared, I'll be fine. You know, there was something about the fact that in my, in my mind, one of the checklists of this gig was like, I want to know that someone in the rock and roll hall of fame says, yeah, you got the, the stuff to be able to do this. Yeah. That combined with not wanting to disappoint Tom, not wanting to disappoint Tony, who's been with me on gigs where I only learned 60% of the material. Richard Marks, maybe? Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> hey, come on, man. It was I didn't get fired for musicianship from that. It was 50%. I got fired for lack of taste. Yeah, just don't, just don't talk about, about some of those mid-80s heart yeah, records. You got fired, You'll be you fine. Got fired yeah. for 100% of a comment. No, mid-80s heart is awesome. Anyway, uh, alone? You've learned your lesson. Yeah. Uh, alone is awesome, dude. That's a great. Song. I get that though. You like you don't want to let Tony down, right? You don't want to let Tom down. It, 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 that is actually a really interesting comment. So there's obviously the it's Ann Wilson, right? Yeah, which I know you take seriously, but you have so much history with Tom and Tony. They're our peers. They're some of the best. Yep. And you've been out of that side of the game, right? So you're like, well, and to add to that, this has never happened to me before. I've always had to audition for gigs. Mm-hmm. When Tom called me to ask if I wanted to do it, I said, let me think about it. And when I texted him, I said, yeah. The next day, Ann's manager called me and he said, Tom vouches for you, so you're in. Yeah. And so yeah. then it was like, well, now I have to know this stuff yeah. inside and out. That's where and I'm so, at with this new gig with Clint. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. exactly I'm basically Tom Bukovac. I'm, I'm yeah. not even doing, um, there's, obviously there's no audition, but there's, I, there's not even a rehearsal. I've never right. been able to say that I'm just like Tom Bukovac. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, listen, Clint, I know you as Clint, I love you as Clint, but you're my Tom. Hey. And thank you. That is really similar to our deal. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. On a much different scale, but yeah. Which oh. I'm really excited to start learning the songs on Saturday. I, I, got, <laughs> I got the gig in a similar way because of Sadler. Yeah. And then when I was there for about a month, Things were working out with the other guitar player, and I was able to say, they, they basically made me the band leader, and I was able to say, we got to make a change. This guy's the guy. Yeah. Right. And then no audition. And then after Paul said no, he called me. So how does that feel, knowing that your reputation's on the line? I've told him. I, I, oh, I, no. I've told him. I said, you know, I, I think I said this in one of our texts. I said, it's, it's yours, man. Congrats. Like, we're doing it. You know, be good. Yeah. So you said, I, I you said, said be, just be great. Just be great. I said, just be great. Yeah. Which that's what someone like Tom would say to like someone like you. I thought you said be best. <laughs> be best. No, but think about it. Think about it though. Tom <laughs> be would, to, excellent to each but other. But Tom would say that to you. He knows you're going to be great, but there, once, once you get your boy yeah, yeah. in, you do need yeah. to say, it's kind of what, it's, it's what, it's what Ethan and Paul it. told me about Ian. They said, Ian, Clint's coming. He's going to wear a basketball jersey. Right. Be great, baby. Well, but I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, but... Similar to Paul's situation, you are vouching for me. They are placing their trust in you. Yeah. Oh, you're bringing someone in. Great. As long as it's not what we're what we're dealing with, it's something new and fresh, and it's but, gonna. But you know, what, you know what makes awesome. it so easy, and I'm sure Tom felt this way about you, is like, I'm not bringing you in out of nepotism or like right. I'm doing you a favor. Sure. I really am bringing you in because you would be great. Right. Yeah. So it's just be great. Be be the reason I brought you. 
Well, and then mean, there's it's, no it's, problem. It's, it's the same reason that, that Paul brings either of us Sorry. in on sessions. If Paul didn't feel like we would click with this person or be great on Paul the session. Paul only brings me in because of my humor. He wouldn't. Well, that's true. <laughs> but it's great humor. And I'm, a beautiful, and I'm a beautiful, well-endowed man. Ian, I don't know if you could hear him. Ian is correct. He is easy on the eyes. All right. So, Paul, if you, right. I have a few more questions. This yeah. is like the Paul interview time. I might go take a break. Jeez. What, what was... So, you got the gig. The manager called you and said, hey, you're in. Tom, yeah. vouch for you. I think you knew somewhere, probably not that deep down, that you were qualified and you were going to do it. But you had the thing of like, I really have to do it. Right. All right. That's more of like, a, I really have to get to work. What were the rehearsals like? Were you nervous? I, w- uh, I was a little bit because I really wanted to, I really wanted for the first time in my post-touring career to walk in and have none of the attention ever be on me because I had my Blend stuff in, be good. covered. You don't want to draw know? attention. Uh, so I really stressed about it beforehand. Like we went to the beach the week before rehearsals and we would... I would take my family out to the beach and every night put my kids to bed and then I had a keyboard and a guitar there at the beach house and worked on it every it. night. I love it. Uh, was Anne at the pro. first rehearsal? Was she at the beach? Uh, she came in like at the end of the first day and we so ran you had a, you had a whole day to kind of with the band yeah. work through kinks. Yeah. Were there kinks to work through? Just minor stuff. Yeah. I mean, everybody came in super prepared yeah. and it's a good crew of people. She, uh, is super down to earth. She sings incredibly. She's 71 and still sings all the songs in the original key. Love it. Wow. Love 71. it. 71. Amazing. Yeah. What a champ. Um, and she was nervous too. She was like, yeah. I haven't sung out in a year and a half. Right. And she spent her whole life on the road. Yeah. So yeah. part of the rehearsals for her too were like, can I do this? And yeah, getting getting back on the horse. You know? I've got to imagine, and I've heard a little bit from Tony about this, but I've got to imagine that when she started settling in with you guys before the first show, I've got to imagine that she very quickly was like, "I'm in good hands. This band knows the shit." Like, yeah, I'm she guessing said, it felt pretty good. She right? said at the end of the rehearsal, she said, "Everybody needs a first show. I feel like once we get the first show over with, it's going to be like." Lockdown. And how was well, the first show? Exactly how she described. Like, there was some kinks, like, just stuff that happens, like guitar changes and stuff like that. Yeah. Once we ironed all that out, the next show was awesome. And I will say, too, in rehearsals, you know, a lot of times she would sing, like, the start of a line and then... Then back off. Back yeah. off. She's saving Which is voice. pretty common. Yeah, totally. And it's hard. It's actually hard to rehearse that way. When she... Yeah let loose i think it was the second show we were playing won't get fooled again and <sighs> she got into it i literally turned around from the keyboard oh no it was dream on you guys are doing dream on yes. oh rad you Holy need to shit. look up the youtube of that it's incredible she's incredible uh wow she kind of like went off on it and <laughs> it's it's that on part? youtube like i can't remember which city we were in but we're like, I'm playing the keyboard, and I literally turned around and was like... I love that Paul is asking me to Google him. Yeah. Hey, no, you Google YouTube her me? is what I'm saying. Well, you're there, though. I'm just playing keyboards. Listen, I, I, I YouTube the shit out of some of those songs. That's very you, though. I'm learning that about you. Well, uh, listen... Uh, He's a for, YouTuber. For, 
Well, it's not, I'm not a YouTuber. I'm not a YouTuber. I'm not. I'm not you're, like an internet, you're like an internet stalker. Uh, for instance, when Clint first got the Morgan Wade gig, when I knew he was going to his first show, the next morning I was just having coffee. Yeah. I went on YouTube and I typed Morgan Wade and I sorted by newest post, and I Dude. found and I found one video and I wanted to see my friend Clint like his first show back. Pretty fun trivia room. though about my first Morgan Wade show. What T-shirt was I wearing? An Ethan Leck Letter Burn shirt. Nice. Yeah. And wow. I wasn't I wasn't doing this to be weird or anything. I just like I'm I'm proud of my friends. You know what I mean? Like if it comes off, you're already weird. That's fine. We, I know we, I'm we weird. know. I'm wearing a Hawaiian shirt and cut off Dickie's what were pants now shorts that I've literally had for 20 years. I'm a weird dude. It's fine. I'm proud of my friends. Yeah, you that's not, that's a nice thing about you. You're a nice guy. Like the next day after Paul's first, I texted you. You sent me. I texted you the, the day of your first show, and I was like, "Dude, I'm so sorry for you. Good yeah. luck tonight." The next day, I was like, "How was it?" And I looked up a video and I saw it, and I was like, "Oh, dude." I basically here's the deal: Paul. is Ethan makes time to make sure that he's a good friend, and we don't do that. I, don't, I texted after the tour was done, the run. And I said, how was the and Wilson thing? No response. <laughs> so if we oh. want to get into the good friend combo. Yeah, I'm probably the worst. <laughs> even Tony. Well, even, well, hang if, on, hang on, hang on. If you judging your friendship is by responding to texts. Hang on. You might not be the worst. Ian, did you text Paul after his first show? Yeah, Ian, you're quite awfully silent over there. <laughs> You've been quiet lately. Yeah. Okay, Ian, yeah, no idea. All right, so to wrap up the Ann Wilson stuff, as your tattoo is... Ian's like, the, was it faith no more? Then I don't care. As your, as your tattoo is coming to completion, which looks good... you went to Joshua Church. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. What are you... I mean, without going too much into detail, because there's so many particulars and moving parts, I think maybe one of the vibes at first was, it was a great call to get. You were going to show up. You are going to do some work. I think now you guys caught a little bit of a vibe. What's the future like... Can our listeners expect to maybe catch Ann Wilson with yes. the Paul Moak this fall leading into 2022? Yes. Is, is Nancy going to get involved? Like, what, what do you know? What's going on? I can tell you what I know. I know this. At the end of the first run, we all felt like we're, we just got to the point where it was feeling like why we all got involved in the first place. Right. And maybe even like a warm up tour, like now right. we should go. Totally. Yeah. And so they booked a two week run up the East Coast and in you're August. Doing it? Yeah. Oh, so you you're doing all two weeks. Yeah. If you wow. need us to run smokestack for you. Yep. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah. No problem. Uh we're we're playing Make a Lunar Sage record while he's gone. <laughs> My volume two, yeah. We're playing Jones Beach uh for the nine eleven commemorative concert. Okay. Uh are these like sheds or what? What are Jones the Beach is like an outdoor amphitheater. Yeah, um, it's an amphitheater. Yeah, that's a shed. I can't remember who shed. all's on that, deck. but it's a pretty big list of artists. Oh, cool! And then the rest is what we what we did on the last run. It's like theaters. Theaters. Yeah, I think City Winery in New York. Theaters are nights. interesting. We can all weigh in on this. Mm-hmm. Um, they usually sound great. Yeah. Sorry, I'm looking at Paul's tattoo. And it looks fucking awesome. But the tough thing about a theater, like if you're in a big club or an arena. You got kind of people going nuts and shit. You're in a like nice theater. It's sort of an evening with Ann Wilson. Right. Right. Everyone's sort down. of sitting down and yep. they're like they can hear every note. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's a different not that if they couldn't hear every note, you're like clamming. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, well, I, pre- tell, I prefer to play yeah. like we're playing the 9:30 club in DC. It's going to be That's going to be like loud and, and fun and raucous. Yes, That's totally. different than like the Ryman or sorry right. to bring that up. 
Although we probably will be playing the Ryman actually pretty soon. You, uh, Our first time, your first time playing the Ryman is probably going to be together with us. Dude, which is amazing. Can, how cool is that? Will you guitar by the way? tech for me? Yes, absolutely. You heard it here first, folks. Yes. Paul Milk will guitar tech. For That's me. I won't even have a guitar tech, but Ethan will. I'll, I mean, I'll tech for both of y'all. <laughs> We're on opposite opposite sides of the stage. I don't care. We'll meet in the middle. Okay, perfect. Meet in the middle, baby. <laughs> this is like a. This is a fucking. Uh, this meet is, in the middle. Um. So uh, anyway, the, uh, th- I feel like things can be very like scrutinizing in a theater. Yeah. How do you deal with that? Well, or do you not think about it? Uh, well, it was funny because Tony and I toured 20 years ago with this really loud uh, Christian rock band called DC Talk, where he didn't Richard think, Marks. Yeah, he didn't think that they even had the bass in the front of house because there were so many tracks and stuff, and so he would do his, he would like take his bass off. And swing it at me in the middle of shows. Oh my gosh! Was he correct? Tony Lacey. Yeah, probably. I mean, there was a, it was a track heavy band, it's right? Ve- it's, that's I did Tony, see though. in some of the pictures that he's on like a riser. Okay, which, but this, which this made me laugh. with Ann, no click, no tracks. No click. No, whoever's whoever is the first person to play the song. How's this Sean guy? Is oh, he's incredible. Pretty tight. I mean, yeah, he, you. He was in Pedro the Lion before. Wait, Ann. What? Sorry, what? Yeah, I'm a huge Bazan fan. Me too. Yeah. Well, I'm a huge Pedro yeah, the Lion fan. Are, really? Yeah. Does he live here? Is no, he, Seattle. Is he, is he from Washington? Yeah, I was going to say. Oh, well, she's from, she's from Seattle yeah. originally. Yeah. yeah, she oh brought him in. Oh my gosh, dude. I just really? realized yeah. you're probably going to hang out with Mike McCready soon. Uh, well, his guitar tech is my guitar tech, Jeff O. Wait a second. Okay, wait a second. Ian. I, I've met him, yeah. Yeah, he's Ian. an awesome dude. Yeah. Have you talked to him about... The kind of guitars that Mike brings yes. on the road. Wait, yes. Yeah. So yeah. Mike McCready's normal guitar tech off season for them, obviously. He does. Uh, I I don't know what the future is for him and Pearl Jam. He has been with Mike for like fourteen years, and does the Wilson Sisters. So you know, Pearl Jam is about to reschedule this entire arena tour that they just announced before the pandemic. Right. Are we Are we saying we if we're like all available and not on tour, we have the hookup or something? Uh, maybe. I, I mean, that's I your guitar tech now. Yeah. I think I think Paul and I both probably have. A, a, yeah, yes, I know you guys. Yeah. I know you guys went to a Pearl Jam show and you didn't invite me. I know. <laughs> I remember. Gosh. Believe me, I remember Ian. Again. Ian, I remember that they went to a show that they talk about all the time. Oh, Ian was there. <laughs> <laughs> he literally turned the the machine gun off to, to do the that. Machine the machine gun. gun. All right. So if we completed Where's Act Paul Two, uh, you gotta wipe it down and check. Can you wipe a little high, please? <laughs> just, just to be thorough. Can we get an extra 10 minutes, please? Ethan wants to wipe Oh, there we go. Yeah, there we go. A little higher. Perfect. Wow. Dude. That Dude. looks so good, man. It's so detailed. It's so fucking detailed. Oh, my gosh, wow. Paul. Are you wearing shorts to the studio tomorrow? Shorts forever. You kind of have to. Well, you have to. I mean, while it's healing, no one's that well, thing rubbing his jeans My end on. goal, I hope this doesn't piss off any Metallica fans, but... Uh, the Megadeth, in, the, in the Euro Angel on this dude. That's a toughie, but doable. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> as long as it's not the po- as long as right it's now? not the Post Malone version of the In Utero Angel, yeah. <laughs> right? Dude, that looks so good. Thank you, Ian. You are very welcome. Ian, you are crushing it today, man. Yeah. Well, let's see how it is with the scary guy. I've done a tat or two. Yeah. Shout out to looks Ian. Awesome. All right. Are we going to switch it up? Yeah, we're, we're going to take another break. Yep. We're going to hear something. We'll insert something here for fun. Maybe way of crap. I don't know. <laughs> Probably way you're Might be that. Hey everyone, Clinton Ethan here, and we want to tell you about a little thing called Patreon. 
Patreon is an easy and interactive way to support the people who make the things that you love. For as little as five bucks a month, you can ensure that Metal Up Your Podcast can continue to grow in quality and content. That's equivalent to a cup of coffee or a beer once a month. Not only is it easy and affordable, but we've made it a priority since day one to give back to our Patreon community. We've given away deluxe box sets, rare vinyl, black and whiskey, concert tickets to SM2 and Slane Castle, all four of our Cover Our World Black and EPs, 26 quarantine covers, and Lunar Satan demos, invitations to exclusive Zoom happy hours, the ability to ask our guests like Jay Weinberg of Slipknot, Lizzie Hale, and members of the Metallica crew your very own questions, and eligibility for our Metal Tale series where you can be a guest on Metal Up Your Podcast and tell us all about a notable Metallica show you've been to. Subscribe to Patreon today and immediately get access to years worth of bonus content. Thank you for supporting the people who make the things that you love. Peace. Adios. I can't talk about it anymore. It's giving me a headache. Here, take two of these. Ah, new print. Little, yellow, different. All right, well, here we are in our third installment. Act three, if you will, of Metal Up Your Podcast gets tattoos, and uh, Ethan is on his belly. Yep, here I am. I can't. I, I can't really turn around if I want to talk in the mic. Nope, you got to just talk on the yeah, mic, baby. Okay, okay. Act one, I had to just lay there and look up at the stars, and you know, turn on my podcast magic, despite the fact that I was completely, you know, writhing flat in pain, out. And, and it was painful for me, man. <laughs> it was. Now, Paul, Ian already said early on that Paul's the strongest man he's ever known. <laughs> Here's I, what I think it is. Have you seen me flinch yet? I think that you accentuate the pain and I dumb down the pain. We probably meet in the middle. Dude, why don't you meet me in the middle? It's a Mary Morris song. Co-write, by the way. So everyone knows, co-write. <laughs> with you? Well, with whoever. Yeah, sure, with me. Why not? Okay. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm genuinely asking. I... I I don't know if you have not co-written with her. I like that you're just like checking your Facebook and shit right I'm now. I'm responding to my friend Colin Rigsby. Who? So, Ethan. Paul knows him. When was your last tattoo? Uh, my last, I don't remember the exact date, but I'm pretty sure it was about five-ish years ago. The last person to tattoo me was Ian. So you've been off the horse for a minute. Yeah, and I don't, feel I don't know back why. On. I, it feels great. Um, honestly, I don't have a reason why I have not gotten tattooed. For years and years and years, since I was 18 years old, I've loved getting tattooed. And I just haven't done it in a long time. But Ian was the last person to tattoo me. Actually, probably the last two or three tattoos. Yeah. My last one was my Rocky tattoo, which we talked about earlier. What predated Rocky? Um, might have been Ian doing, on the inside of one of my arms, I have a, uh, a tattoo of essentially my, uh, my Gretsch anniversary. Oh, wow. I haven't seen that. Yeah. It's... Uh, Nope, other side. I don't know if you can see it, but um, it's right there. And it, and it oh, has, wow, that's it has, awesome. And it has a birth year of my dad. Very cool. At one point, my dad had the same guitar. Very guitar cool. Guitar twins, um, but Ian did that one as well. Awesome. So I think those are, I think those are the last two I did. Um, yeah. Everything Ethan gets from me, I just stopped doing. He's like, oh, do some traditional. I'm like, I don't do that anymore. Yeah. Oh, he does all this realism. I don't do that anymore. Yeah. 
Um, do you do Metallica tattoos? I don't do it anymore. This is gonna be my new specialty. Or after tonight, you're you've retired from Metallica tattoos. Although I lived in, I started tattooing in Ohio, so I did a lot of Cowboys from Hell tattoos. There you, Ooh, go. There nice. you go. Well, Dayton, nope. Ohio, no problem. Yeah. Cowboys from Hell. It's my favorite Pantera album. I used to go to sleep. What if Ian's niche finally old. becomes like Metallica fans from all over the world fly in it to might, get it might specialized happen. tattoos? I mean, they can afford me. I don't give a shit. <laughs> exactly. Well, listen, we have a lot of listeners who, um, you know, I'm not going to say they will always follow our lead, but if we suggest something, for instance, cassette culture, a lot of people uh, collecting cassettes because of us. We're like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I'll say this. Ever since Ian gave me my Metallica tattoo, I haven't regretted it one bit. Really? Even he back, hasn't, reg- even he back hasn't then? regretted it, but he did regret it. Yeah. Yes. No regrets. No regrets. Ethan, we're like uh, the MK Ultra of uh, Metallica tattoos. Straight mind control. Correct. Straight mind control, baby. That's right. Actually, Ian, you might could help me with a situation. I was up in uh, South Dakota two years ago with a friend. And we were checking out, and the guy at the checkout counter had a tattoo that said, Optimsim got me here. Like, optimism got me here, but it was spelled wrong. Optimsim. No. Nailed it. And we have been in a two-year debate about, was that intentional? Or is it an actual misspelled tattoo? I kind of want to get a tattoo that's misspelled on purpose. Not no regrets. That's kind of an obvious one. It's been done. Of course, yeah. Optim Sim got me here. Optim Sim. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to laugh here. I um, think the reason why, so I was on the fence of, I think that it was intentional, and my buddy was like, dude, we're in South Dakota. This was <laughs> definitely a mistake tattoo. Right, yeah. But he was so optimistic when he was checking us out. that I He was Optim Sim? He was Optim Sim. Yeah. I, I honestly wonder whenever I see photos of like um, misspelled tattoos, Bad tattoo, bad quality tattoos. I get like there's just pe- I, I've gotten bad quality tattoos where I think like, oh my friend's doing so good when he's learning how to tattoo. Um, I think it's good even though it probably isn't, and of course it wasn't. But misspelled tattoos, that still blows my mind. Like yeah. you really can't look it up real quick. Yeah, that, I don't. I don't get it. Only God can judge me. <laughs> oh my gosh! Our friends in Bocasa, a uh, you know Scandinavian metal band, they're awesome. They have a single called "Only Job Can Judge Me," and it's Job from Arrested Development. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. it's him like doing a magic. You know, yeah, it's an illusion, Michael. Only Job can judge me. That's pretty good. Tricks are what whores you for money. That's pretty good. That's really good. It's real quiet in here. Well, you know, our are you guys our main, are you guys fading? No, our main comedian over here is on his phone instead of podcasting. Oh, fading, baby, we're going to Mickey's after this. Wow, that's the opposite of fading. So Ian, Ian I, keeps punching my tattoo. By the way, I'll say this. Ow! I'm just waiting for you guys to ask me questions about myself. Well, I was, I was, you missed your chance. You asked me questions when I was in the chair. Now we're going to ask. So Ethan. I'm in the chair. Okay, I'm being interviewed. Ethan, yes, this Paul. is a big important question. Okay. Uh, in the last few years that I've known you, you've been teching for various bands. You, yes. You've filled in with some bands, but mostly been on the tech side. Yeah. Anxious to get back on the always yeah. the band side. Sure. Now you have that opportunity in front of you, starting soon. Yeah. How does it feel? Great question. Um, it feels amazing. I'm. 
after Sunday, my first show with Morgan Wade and Clint Wells. Which um, is a pretty fun first show. Like, we're opening... Uh, we're opening for Willie Nelson. direct support for Willie at Willie's Ranch. Not just direct support. Uh, like, there's no other bands. What are you guys going to do when Willie asks you to come smoke weed on his bus? I'm going to go to, I heard I'm he going only, to Disneyland. I heard, well, we're, you know... He only does the artists. I, I don't... I don't... I usually pass on grass, Ian. Not when Willie's offering. But when Willie offers you... I, I heard he's only on pins now. He's very... Um, as you would expect, because he's, you know, an older cat. He's very... Uh, He's starting to get health conscious. Keep it cleaner. He's anal about COVID. Yeah. So I, I've heard it's only pins now. Well, that, I think, if, I think if, you said before, before the COVID was a thing. I think it's more because his age and his lungs, it's like... But to answer your actual, your, the, your spiritual it's question... It's like when Lemmy switched to clear. Exactly. When he went to clear. Exactly, right. yeah. <laughs> um, we're going to smoke weed with Willie. Yeah. If, the if, opportunity if that opportunity arises... Uh, 100%, I'm in. I've worked with two different artists that have opened for Willie... Now, they were the artists, so I don't know if you'll get the invite onto his bus, but they both got invited mm-hmm. onto his bus and then did partake. Yeah. Now. That's the right move. If. You're talking about Matt Carney? No. Did he? I don't know. Uh, I have a funny Matt Carney story, but maybe for off the podcast. If Willie invites me, I'm 100% doing that. It's like, why would you not do It's Willie Nelson. Yeah. Like, the the next the next best thing would Snoop be Dog. Snoop Dogg yes yeah and Snoop Dogg has gone on record multiple times saying Willie only smoked him outsmoked him yeah wow yeah I mean I mean it's Willie Nelson yeah of course you're going to do that yeah I had a really similar experience I, in 2015 I was playing with a a really cool band that doesn't exist anymore unfortunately called Escondido which was Tyler par- James partially spearheaded by Escondido yep that's par- cool partially spearheaded by Nashville alumni, Tyler James, who I've known for so long. Original 10 out of 10. Original TOT. He's, a, he's just a wonderful artist, and he's producing a lot now, blah, blah, blah. Um, I was playing in his really great band, Escondido, and we did uh, Levon Helms's uh, ranch in Woodstock. Oh, the Ramble thing? We did the Ramble. Yeah. And we were on a bill with Lone Bellow, and they were headlining it, which we're friends with all the Lone Bellow guys. Shout out to them, but... I'm not. I ended up in... The basement. I have, I have a Lone Bellow story after this, by the way. What? I have a Lone Bellow story after this. Okay. <clears throat> but continue, please. I ended up in, so we played our set, which was just, it's a jam-packed, like, hootenanny vibe. Right. And everyone there loves music. They're all there to just, like, be excited about music, even if they've never heard of you. And I will say, Escondido was, like, really sick. It was just a great band. If, if we were going to play our 10 best songs for 45 minutes, it was going to win over a crowd. Yeah. It's a shame that. Bigger things didn't happen because they had this weird thing. But um, during Lone Bella set, I was down in like the fucking basement of this place, hanging out with all of Levon's like cousins and brothers and sisters. And you could see like a little monitor of what was happening upstairs while Lone Bella was playing. And dude, they're just, they're like old school rednecks. Like they're like chain smoking downstairs. He's like this old chick. And was he still alive or had he passed? No, he had already passed. And uh, I was having a cocktail with like his sister. And it was just really interesting. I was like trying to, in a cool way, be like, this is so meaningful. Like for anyone who, like music from Big Pink, or yeah. especially a Dylan guy, like yeah. the band's history with Dylan and Levon. I was like, and it was really fascinating because I, I felt like I kind of broke through the malaise of like what she probably hears all the time, where she was like, you know, I guess, I guess a lot of young people in bands up and coming like really loved what Levon did. And I'm like, you don't even understand. Are you kidding me? Right. Of course, yeah. How important all that is. It was such a cool experience, and I, I've never 
really worked with Willie before. I've done like a Green Hall gig uh, with Bob before with Willie, but this feels like we're actually at his ranch. Yeah, it's, it's evening a big deal. with Willie. <clears throat> Uh, they they really only invite people that are kind of they've got stuff going on, which Morgan does. And well, I think also the big reason we're going is because it's called it's Luck Luck Ranch, and <laughs> exactly. my name is Ethan Luck. So there you go. I, I might own it. I don't know yet. I do so think- well, I think we also need to highlight the fact that for the past four plus years, you guys have begrudgingly manage your schedules together to make sure that you get an episode out each week, every week. Yeah. Now the problem solved, dude. Y'all are going to be living together. Um, no joke. Like, the second Clint called me and said, hey, you're in, I was like, remote episodes are the thing of the past. Exactly. This which is we, such good news. Which, I mean, for, we've done remote episodes. Like, it's like, really good news for the fifth year of the podcast. Right. The fifth year. Well, but, but seriously, like, I mean, a couple years ago, I was on tour with Kings Leon. Clint was touring with Rodney Atkins. He would be in, like, Texas, and I would be in Romania. Right. And we would yeah. make it happen. It's Rodney Atkins wasn't playing in Romania. I don't think so. Not yet. Not till after I split the camp. <laughs> oh, he only does uh, Eastern Euro- European tours now. I do remember Paul telling us one time though, because Paul would listen to the show when he was running in the mornings, mm-hmm. and he Paul still did, do. Paul did tell us because you know he he has like you know more incisive like personal interactions with us. Right. He did tell us that our in-person episodes were better. Well, that's hands down. Which he's, which, he's right. Which you're not wrong. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. A normal podcast listener could tell that. But I mean, shoot, I mean, what can you do? When it did, you have- I feel like COVID did help that because it forced you guys to learn how to work technology to your, like before that, when y'all were just on separate tours, it would get right. pretty dicey. Yeah. We probably did more remote quote unquote episodes during the pandemic than right. we did while we were touring. Because and I feel like you got it dialed in, but yeah, I mean, it, to it was- no purpose because you're now you're going to be together every day. Every I don't think we're rooming day. together though. Really? Oh, I, so. I don't know if that'd be good for us. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, every, I've every couple needs some separate space. I've yeah. been rooming with a drummer, uh, my friend Parker, our friend Parker. And I, th- I think that might stay. Okay. It depends. It depends I'll on what happens. Whoever. I don't think I don't y'all care. need to be with each other 24 seven. I think that's probably right. No, I mean, now I, do I need to be with Ian 24 seven? Yes. Of course. Yeah. Everybody does. <laughs> No, but that, that, to your point, Paul, that, that is I a really... not to be with me. <laughs> <laughs> that is a really smart thing in general. I mean, not, not only if you're a touring musician, but uh, for example, like when I was playing in the band of Supertones, when I moved to Nashville, I moved in with our singer to his oh, house. Oh, wow. So at a certain point, we toured together. We didn't room together, but we toured together all the time. We lived together. We hung out at the same places. We had the same friends. It was almost too much. It's similar yeah. to when Everyone I became space. when I became best friends with Paul McCartney. We were like, "Look, <laughs> it's probably not best that we do everything yeah. together. We write songs together. We raise our children together. We play bingo together." Clint, you, you really shouldn't name drop. Bruce Springsteen told me that. <laughs> well, I can empathize because it's kind of like, you know, me and my wife were married. We lived together. We spend time with our kids together. But you sleep in, sleep in separate <laughs> beds. Is that why you, why you always sleep at Smokestack? Yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm in the next room, yeah. so I hear someone come in. This yeah. one's done. Is it all done? Wow. Yeah, it looks Whoa. great. All right, he had the quickest. Dude, that yeah. looks rad. He will come along to the strength to carry on. Dude, that's awesome. Sweet. I love it. I'm looks happy. really good, dude. Let's wrap this and I'll... Flip you over. Oh, I mean, uh, someone take a photo oh, yeah, before yeah. we wrap. That up. looks exactly like. Is it James Hetfield's row cases from 1992? Binge and purge. <laughs> That's all I'll say. Yeah, it's binge and purge, right? 
right, here we go. So uh, I guess we can transition to this. I'll, I will keep the story somewhat short. Years and years and years ago, it was before I moved back to Nashville, there was a tattooer in Nashville who will rename, rename, remain nameless. Um, I got a free tattoo from him. The tattoo is a, um, my wife riding an old school vintage scooter. Cool. It looked awesome for a while. Go on. At a certain point, I was told by somebody, because the colors in the tattoo faded dramatically, a person I toured with said, what's that tattoo? I said, it's my wife riding a scooter. And he said, oh, it looks like a giant vagina. That's what, that's what he said. I'm just waiting for the problem. What's so the problem is? Well, I mean, I don't have a problem with, with vaginas, of course, but here's where it got here's where it got to the point where i i i start i'm not insecure about a lot of things i, I don't vaginas care. no no problem no, I, no problem i love nice a, a nice boob a but, nice vagina but listen i i i i'm like i'll wear whatever i don't care if people think about me I, I try to you know live my life like that until clearly i was coming home from a european tour i am in a hawaiian shirt yes i was in i think the atlanta airport sitting by myself and a random stranger sitting across from me leaned over and said, excuse me. I said, yeah. He goes, what's that tattoo on your shin? I go, it's my wife on a scooter. He goes, oh, I thought it was something else. And I go, what do you think it was? He goes, it looks like a big vagina. <laughs> oh, gosh. And after that, I started to feel self-conscious. I would be like, you know, summertime wearing shorts and walking down the street. And... If I walk past a woman, I have noticed numerous times, you know, I'm covered. They cross the street to the other side? Well, no, not, no, not that. But um, I'm covered in tattoos, so maybe people might look or something. I have noticed women look down at my legs and look up and, like, kind of walk. Like, wow. I've noticed that before where it's like, oh, my God, what an offensive tattoo or something. I don't know what their thought well, is. Let's flip you over and take care of this. I'm about then. to flip right. over. Here we go. All right, readjusting the Adjust mic. Adjust the mic. Am I taped up again? Yeah, you're taped up. I gotta say, it doesn't look. If you if you point it out well, to me, point it out, it's different. Like, but I don't think so. I think so, I don't think some chick walking down the street, shooting people that she meets, fully little time again. I just don't. I think you may be projecting a little bit true? of. I, I don't think oh, a right. chick's just being like, oh my god, I'm gonna. I well, can't but trust it's this just guy. it's. I mean, listen. All, all I'm saying is, numerous people ha- have pointed it out. That's Jordan. I do That's Jordan. sort of clearly see a clitoris now that we. we were. <laughs> That's Jordan and you. You helped with the shading. I helped. He was learning that. shading. I'm pointing. I'm. We met. I'm repointing. No, well, we met through Jordan. Yes. Well, uh, you got a lot more real estate on your legs than I. Well, thought. this 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 is reserved for something. But. Ooh, do tell. Well, are you going to leave I, us hanging I, on that? I really don't have an idea. It's just... Oh, it's just reserved for something. You literally meant that. It's reserved for something. Well, 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 you know, for tonight's episode, I thought maybe I'll get the scary guy skull right here yeah. on the front of my right shin. Yeah. Um, but back here seemed a little more fitting. I want something uh, in the traditional style right here. Yeah. It's All more right. visible. I've you. learned my lesson from the, 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 the vagina tattoo. He wants to put a penis on that. Exactly. <laughs> Great. Balance it out, baby. Yeah. So... Anyways, um, when we got here today to set up and get rid of this episode, I've been kind of talking with Ian for literal years now. I need to fix this thing. And before you guys got here, I made that comment again, and we were kind of talking about it. And he goes, that will literally take me like two minutes. Nice. Ian's what we call in the biz a minch. A minch. He you keeps really it pro. That term, Ian? I'll take it. Yeah. So, in fact, Only so much because I've seen the documentary Super Mensch. Super Mensch. It's so, a great documentary. Directed by Mike Myers, by the way. Yes. From, ha- from Halloween? 
<laughs> directed by <laughs> Holy Michael Myers, shit. the serial killer. How does he direct a movie when he doesn't speak? Well, he never fucking dies. You don't have to. You don't have to speak to direct a movie. He just, but he doesn't even really make hand gestures other than like I'm going to kill you. Yeah, stabbing people, stabbing much. Right. No, but it's about uh, Shep Gordon, the you yeah. know, famous manager who managed Alice Cooper. Uh, oh yeah, it's, it's I've a really been good to doc- see that. Have you not seen no. it, dude, Paul? You, Paul, it's really good. Yeah. I don't know if it's still on Netflix, but that's where I watched. Yeah, that's where I saw it a couple too. years ago. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mitch. The life of Sh- oh, oh, he's just gonna color it in with a sharpie. That's not a tattoo. Oh, that doesn't even hurt. Now it's a green <laughs> vagina, which you don't want to see one of those. So here's the funny thing. Wait, so what's with the different colors? Yeah, why are you doing that? Uh, the green one wipes off easier, and then I can get it where I am thinking I'll put it, and then when I'm positive. Wait, thinking you're put it. Gotcha. I don't know if I trust you as a tattooer. Tattooer? Tattoo artist. Tattooist. Tattooing. Tattooist. Tattooist. The guy that came in earlier who looked like Elijah Wood, I was like, dude, what tattoo did you get today? He's like, huh? I gave tattoos. Because he works today. here. <laughs> I'm Elijah Wood. I was in Lord of the I love that comment. You're that like, was like the equivalent of when people walk up to me in Target and they're like, do you work here? It's because yeah. cause Paul wears red shirts and khaki what pants you, to Target. You, what do you usually say? Not only on Sundays? Yeah. I, had a, I had a blue Victory Record shirt walking around Best Buy once and then... I had two people yeah. asked me, and I was like, is it the tattoos? And finally, my friend was like, it's the blue shirt, dummy. Right. There you go. It's kind of like when I wear, when I wear my McDonald's outfit. Just <laughs> into McDonald's. <laughs> All of a sudden, I'm back there flipping burgers. It's so what weird. What is your J versus E thing? Uh, that's, that's two robots holding hands. Uh-huh. So... Um, this is also another Ian connection. Uh, Jordan Pundick, who sings for the band Newfound Glory, is a very close friend of mine and, and Ian's. And yada, he, yada, he is yada. also a tattooer now. Uh-huh. Tattooist. Um, tattooist. And mm-hmm. he apprenticed under Ian. Mm-hmm. So when he was apprenticing, at one point he was like, I can do some stick figure robots on you. And so I was like, cool. And so he did the, because, uh, uh, you know, this is kind of like. That's like you guys are in love. That's a love yeah, tattoo. Yeah, oh, I mean, we might be. You know what I'm saying? No problem. So um, I'm, this is back when Ian was working out of a shop called Black 13, which is a great shop. Oh, by I know the way. Doy. Doy, Doy. Yeah, Doy yeah. Gunner. Doy. And, Doy, no, Doy. Um, I've toured with Doy. So I had Jordan do two stick figure robots. I said, put a heart in between them. He goes, okay. So he did. And I said, can you do some initials in the robots? And he, he assumed I would have it be E and K, me and my wife Callie. I said, no, J and E. It's kind of a friendship love tattoo. Yeah. I tell my male friends that I love them. You guys have probably been on the receiving end of that a couple times. Yes. I hug my male friends, and uh, I have no sense of uh, fidelity to any type of heteronormative sure. uh, I love all of you here with tonight. telling my friends that I love them. Right. And I think more guys should do that. Hey, listen. Ian, I love you, I love you. I love Clint, you guys. I, love you. Paul, I would I love also you. like to have sex with you guys. I mean, once Ian's unrelated. done with this. Ian, unrelated. Did you say Ian? I'm related. No, Ian, unrelated. I'm unrelated. Just letting Ian know I was addressing Ian. Viking sex, no <laughs> Right. I like the green. Well, you can't slide in green at this point, dude. Black ink only, baby. Black hey, can you put only. a hand around that magnifying glass? <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh, that was. Can you a... just sleeve up the whole thing. Yeah, while we're here. We were talking about that earlier, how people that come in who maybe are a, a bit of amateurs getting tattooed. Uh, <laughs> like me? Well, no, but you didn't, you didn't, you know, you didn't try to Up swindle so. Ian. Does that hurt what he's doing? He's like filling in these big blocks of Um It hurts, but I'm... But you're strong. I, I'm strong. A hero comes along. 
with the strength to carry I'm on. Just, strength to fucking carry listen, on. Listen, I'm, I'm just. Uh, hey, man, I've been doing this for a long time. It does feel weird, and it hurts, but it, it does feel weird that because I've been tattooed in five or six years. So, other than your marriage, how does the tattoo feel, though? <laughs> About the same. It hurts. Sorry, I didn't quite land. That. Everybody hurts. Remember that? Remember that video when we were kids? Oh yeah, with the freeways. Everyone in their car, and then you could sort oh, of see dude. what they were thinking yeah. with the subtitles. That was a groundbreaking it, time. Very much yep. so. Yeah. I was like in fucking third grade, going. I guess everybody does hurt. This is crazy. <laughs> Every time <laughs> you got him with that one. I guess adults get yeah. sad too. Great, he messed up my tattoo. Yeah. Thanks, now it's two thanks vaginas. Now it's, now it's two. <laughs> I made him laugh for two seconds, and he accidentally made two vaginas. I was honestly at the point with this tattoo because I've had so many comments about what it looks like. I told my wife, I was like, I might just get it completely covered up. She goes, "You're gonna cover me up." I go, "Babe, cover I, here. I have I have your name tattooed across my chest. I have your initials on my knuckles." I'm Actually, guessing, and I might be wrong, that you're probably more stoked about this uh, fixing this vagina situation, the vagina monologues, if you will. Like, <laughs> then what the Metallica? Then what the Metallica one? Yeah, uh, it's it's a different kind, different kind of feeling. a different kind of joy. It's a little extra bonus for the evening. It really is because I I did not expect Ian to do this. I was just at one point before you guys got here, I, I set up a couple mics and whatever, and I said, by the way, you we, begged him to do it. I said, no. I said, by the way, we, the we need to fix this at some point. He goes, we'll do it tonight. It won't take me that long. Well, I also I feel like we've talked about it like every time I up uh, for years. You, it's like, oh yeah, next time let's do that. Yes, exactly. You know what? We're here. Here we are. You guys think this is gonna clock in at the the longest episode? How long has this been? I don't know. I haven't been looking at the look at the time the clock. Got the time. Tick 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 in my head. Chicken in my head. If it says two first. Oh, actually, no, that is two. Yeah, that's correct. Oh. That's not bad. Jay Weinberg's this is still is the short, longest. Man. Paul, Paul I mean, Moke's, I think, first. Longest, right? His first one is the longest. We've had a three hour one, right? I think Paul's the longest, right? No, Jay Weinberg. Jay, Jay is? Jay is literally by like three minutes. Oh, wow. Okay, okay. Yeah. so we're close. All right, let's keep going. All right. Now, oh, fuck it. What else are you going to tattoo on us? We need <laughs> to kill another hour and a half. Yeah. You want to fix my gay tattoo? <laughs> he means that in, 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 in a good guy. way. That does need a little work. Let's see it. I mean, it's just... It's just a little splotchy. It almost, you know what it almost looks like? Let me he see, was let me see real quick. fucking mind. It almost looks like, um, and, and I mean this in a good way, like someone just like drew that in Sharpie on you and then they tattooed over that. Yeah, that's, that's nice. I don't that's think what, it's a that's bad what thing. Pe- that's what people want to hear. <laughs> you started a hot water music tattoo and then decided... <laughs> you ever get into that band? Well... Chuck Regan? Like Pardon? His solo stuff's awesome. Pardon me, guys. But do you know what hot water music is? It's a Charles Bukowski collection of poems. It's also a band. So I know some dickhead band from probably California <laughs> thought they were literary and cool. I don't know where they're but from, that's actually. That's a Charles Bukowski California? collection of poems. Let's see. Where's hot water music from? Let's Charles Bukowski, Los Angeles, California. Guess where they're from? Los Angeles. Where Michael Bolton's from. And Tom Petty's from? Another planet, Gainesville, Florida. Gainesville, Florida. And wow. my <laughs> beloved best friend... Desmond Child. And against me. <laughs> That's funny. Wow. I didn't realize they were from there. No one? All right, so. Yeah, yeah. All right. It. Name a band that you instantly. No, that you instantly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just reviewing the photos that Clinton sent me of my. Name a band that you instantly wrote off because of their name. 
Not because of their music at all, but just the name was just too much for you. Um, That's a really good question. When I first heard the name Jimmy World, I was like, what kind of name is that? Horrible band Not a good band name. Great band. And then I heard the record Clarity, and I was like, holy shit. And then I heard Bleed American, and then my mind was exploded. Top set, show me on the head, babe. All right. Sugar on the asphalt. Man, I need to think about it a little more. Do you have one? Ian, you got one? I have one. Do you remember that band? This is like early 2000s. Margo and the Nuclear So and So's. No. Wow, that's pretty Do bad. Butthole Surfers. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, I only know the one song though. I don't, I don't mind, mind the sun sometimes. sometimes. The images it shows. You never heard the. I can really. Kiss you butthole on Surfers. My lips and smell really. You and what? We're gonna do the whole chorus. Cinnamon no way. and sugary awesome. and softly spoken lies. <laughs> you never know. Okay, we know you know it. That's an Austin, Texas band. Others uh, people's eyes. Wow. I don't know Have you not I heard the Butthole Service song? That's that album, Independent That's the one with the, who, was, who in the hell was in my room last night. That song is so good. Dude, that's a riff good. Dude, it's such a good song. I'll say this. I know that Ian doesn't like this artist I'm about to mention, and forgive me, Ian. You can take it out on the Ian's tattoo if you want. When I first heard the buzz about Post Malone, I was annoyed. I yeah. thought the name was stupid, and I knew he was some sort of Drakey kind of right. hip hop singy guy with auto tune. Right. And I was annoyed. I thought the name was weird and I was annoyed by him. I was annoyed that he existed. And then when I got into Stoney, his first record, I was like, I remember listening to it on the bus one night. I was drunk in my bunk and I was, I'm sure you guys <laughs> That's have a song. I'm sure, drunk, drunk in, in my, my bunk. bunk. Drunk in my on bunk. On a dirt road. Make me a number one, please, God. Can we uh, sing about dirt? <laughs> I was drunk in my bunk and I was so bored with I all the music that I liked. Yeah. You guys been there? Yeah. Where you're just sort of willing to check out anything? Yeah. And I went to Amazon Music because I have Amazon Prime and I listened to Stone Malone, Post Malone's first record called Stoney. Yeah. Stone Malone. And uh, Stone Malone. Sylvester Stone Malone. It honestly blew my fucking mind. <laughs> it blew my mind and I just got Hollywood's Bleeding, his third album on vinyl two days ago. Wow. Yeah. Did and you see that Little Peep documentary? Yes. The one that died? I love Little Peep. Yeah. No. Yeah, that, it's, called, that it's called Everything, Everyone's Everything. Didn't it's, he pass it, away, right? He yeah. died of a drug overdose on his tour bus. Wow. Yeah. And he has a couple of records that I love called Come Over When You're Sober, Part 1 and 2. Okay. And, it, Post, and Post Malone basically called him a... Post Malone, like, if you watch Post Malone interviews about when Lil Peep died, he's, like, crying. Yeah. Wow. Because he's like, dude, he was a visionary. He's going to change everything. Yeah. Lil Peep is sick. Awesome. That, that documentary is sad. I'm gonna, yeah. I would it love really to watch it. Sad. I've never gotten into it. Here's him. what you see in the documentary, though, that I think you can riff on this if I can try okay. to get it, get it done quick, is, like... Lil Peep really was like a uniquely visionary artist. Yeah. Even though he's doing the like yep. beats and it was he was like a SoundCloud artist. Yeah. What you see in the documentary since he died is like 30 sycophants who think they can do what he did. Yeah. They were like his peers kind of. Right. They're like little SoundCloud wannabes who could take like a beat and then like put an auto-tune thing over it. What you see when you see all that unfold in the documentary is you're like, Little Peep was actually really kind of genius. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. You can imitate it forever, but you sure. can't really do what he did. And he was under this big fog of drugs, yeah. Yeah. which isn't cool, and it killed him. Sure. And that's a cautionary tale. But even that, that almost gives it more power. It's like what he was able to achieve under a fog of bullshit is still better than 20 of these kids who are in bedrooms with little computers trying yeah. to do kind of the Little Peep yeah. thing. Totally. And, and they play their music in the documentary. It's like, Oh, this is obviously an imitation. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Of the real, like, real template. Yeah, yeah. 
Did that come through for you? Absolutely. I need to watch this. What, yeah, uh, what, it's pretty good. What, what is it on? Uh, I can't remember it's what on, I watched. It's on no. one of the things. It's on yeah. the internet. It's worth renting. It'd probably be three bucks. Yeah. yeah. I think it's called Everything's Everyone's Everybody Everything. Hurts. I can't remember what the name of it it's is. It's an REM title. It's so good, dude. It's really good. Yeah. And it really makes you realize, like, not to be the old guy in the room, but as as you get older, you realize I'm not culturally in the zeitgeist of yeah. what's happening anymore. Yeah, sure. The way I was when Nirvana came out. Yeah. Like, I was the You're exact on the edge age. Of it, like, in yeah, the yeah, fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm on the edge. But it's the same, it's the same it's thing. It's exactly the same thing. Yeah. Also, and who I saw about holster first with. What's that? Nirvana about holster Surfers. Yeah, yeah. No, you saw Nirvana? Yep. Let's pause everything and hear Hang about on, that. You, saw Nirvana. You, you said they opened for the Buttle Surfers, right? No, well, STP opened for the oh, okay. Buttle Surfers on the Barbecue Mitzvah Tour. <laughs> barbecue Mitzvah Tour? Uh, That's good. I saw them in Oregon with Buttle Surfers opening for Nirvana about six months before Kurt died. No way. Wow. On the In Euro Tour? Yeah. Wow. They did not break as much shit as we thought they would. Yeah. And by the way, I love that Ian's also like going outside of the area that we wanted to fix already. He's like, uh, well, yeah. I can't do that and not do yeah, this. You can't do the handlebars. Well done, dude. <laughs> How long does the battery on this tattoo gun last? Uh, four or five hours. That's awesome. I will say it looks a lot better. It, it really does. does oh, look yeah. a lot better. Yeah. It's almost like a, a cool burst on a guitar. Like, hmm. a cher- like a cherry burst or something. Ian, you've come a long way since you first tattooed this on Ethan. He didn't tattoo this on me. I'm just kidding. Yeah, wow. That's the joke. I'm, well, listen, you ruined I, the joke. I was so into what Ian's doing, and, and I'm stoked on my... Dude, just think, next time you're walking through, like, I don't know, like, Palm Springs in California. Yeah, totally. Some, uh, you know, some little chick isn't going to be scared to walk by you. They're going to see that and be like, I'm not scared of this guy Oh, my guy God, anymore. is that a girl on a scooter? It maybe is it again. Could, and they're going to be like, maybe it could be me. They're going to fall in love with you. They're going to destroy your life. You know, it's actually kind of a cool <laughs> thing for me as, as someone's be getting, being getting tattooed for over 20 years. Yeah. Is this is the first time, I think it's the first time ever I've ever gotten what would be mildly considered a, not a cover up, but a touch up. Like a fix. Yeah, I've, I've never gotten well, anything there are fixed. People who I'm a Joanna Gaines of this shit. Do it, man. I love it. Well, dude, Ian, I'm sure you see this all the time. Someone who gets like a girlfriend tattooed where you're like, dude, maybe wait. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, oh, I sort of did that, and we're still married. There you <laughs> go. We weren't married yet when I got it. Oh, wow. Big calf tattoo. She's, she had no tattoos until just a couple years ago. Wow. So I got that tattoo for her, and she's like, what's that? It's for you. Oh, is it? Oh. Um, <laughs> she's like, yikes. You better put a ring on it. In hindsight, wasn't in it the most healthy of mind spaces back then, but... But hey, it, hey, worked, it, all it worked, worked out. out totally. So which hurt worse, redoing or the new dude? Yeah, um, good question. It's okay. So this is a, a interesting area because it's also your shin. The shin, the shin bone is bone. is right there. So that goes right through the shin bone. So that's on thin skin and bone. So it, it hurts, but it's not. I'm not ho- trying to hold my breath or trying to cringe or like grip something. It's like when Ian did my entire back tattoo, there were certain parts of my back, which I know you know this, Paul, where it was like I would, I was basically straddling like a chair and I would be gripping the chair at certain yeah. points because it, it was so sensitive. Wow. Um, Ian, I don't know if you remember this, but Ian, my whole, like all but my last session on my back tattoo was in a closet at Ian's old place because he ran out of booths and they were 
Because he had planned to move, yeah. and they couldn't move yet. Was this at the Marathon Village location? Yeah. Okay. So I was literally in the storage closet, and he'd be tattooing my back. So it would be like, <laughs> hey, man, can I get a box of gloves? And I'd have to reach in and grab the box of gloves. <laughs> hey, this guy out front wants to buy a T-shirt. Can you yeah. grab that, Paul? That's how you paid That's for the awesome. tattoo. You became the merch guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're essentially, the, well, like, like, like dude, you're the shop manager. Yeah. Oh, much better. Looks that awesome, looks awesome, man. dude. Now, once it looks that, great. And the best part is, like, you know, obviously you can tell the difference between the original black of the tattoo and, and when this heals and it starts to even out, it's going to look even better. I'm stoked. Nice, man. Okay, now let's talk about other cover-ups. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, listen, guys, we're done. Well, first of all, we got to say thanks to Ian. Yes. Ian. Hero of the day, man. Thank you for making this such a special episode and hope all you out there enjoyed it. And... uh I told Ethan outside, I, th- I think maybe we should do this once a month from now on. <laughs> I mean, what could I, go wrong? I would say maybe at the least. Well, why don't we sign off and say goodbye to the good people? They spend a lot of time with us. They've been on this whole journey with us, which I'm really glad. Which is just us doing really, commentary over getting tattoos. Really, really great. It was basically a, a you know, glorified tangent city. Yes. And uh, from Safe House Tattoos with our man Ian White, Ethan, Paul, me. Clint. We're going to go ahead and say peace. Adios. Thank you. <laughs> Good one. Ooh, yeah. Well, now we have physical permanent proof that we were all a part of this wild podcast journey together. It's insane, man. It's uh, I was really excited because you know you you obviously uh, you're at what this is tattoo number four for you, mm-hmm. and uh, you know Paul and I obviously have our arms covered, whatever. But uh, it was just exciting to see you, you know, keep moving forward in the tattoo world and get just yet another piece. Yeah, uh, much to the the generous patience of my wife, because as you know, when you don't have many, they're all a bit more significant. Because of course, yeah, you know, like the other ones I have on my body are like extremely personal. Uh, yeah, I have a John Lennon lyric, I have a pro gay tattoo, and I have a tattoo that I share with my wife. So slapping all some Metallica stuff <laughs> on my body forever, you know, I'm I'm grateful to her for being so cool about it. Uh, yeah. The tattoo means a lot to me. I'm really glad I got to do it with you and with Paul. Absolutely. Um, it's, you know, it's something I will obviously have the rest of my life and I'm, I have no regrets as they say. No regrets over here as well, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, man, it really was cool. Um, the next morning my wife got home from work and, uh, she goes, all right, let's see it. And I mm. turn, I turn my leg around to the, to the scary guy school and she goes, oh, that's not that bad, which I'll take as someone who huh. doesn't listen to Metallica. She, they're not that bad. I'll take that over. Like, oh, why'd you get that? Yeah. I guess I guess on the column of compliments, I guess it's not too bad. Is it, it registers up there, maybe at a zero point six. I mean, listen, when I got my Rocky tattoo, she was definitely like, "Why are you doing this?" And I <laughs> yeah. still I still did it because I'm punk as fuck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, look, I love my wife, but you know, she's not going to tell me what I can and can't get tattooed on me. Right. It's only permanent. Jeez. I mean, it's only permanent. Well, she doesn't own you. You're a human being. That's right. Yeah, she does. But she is. But me. she is fully entitled to disapprove, and I. That is totally fair. Totally fair. Um, but you know, they love us. They we're kooky and quacky, and we love the things that we love. If you didn't love yep. Rocky, dude, if you didn't have a Rocky tattoo at this point, knowing you as well as I do, I'd be like, what's wrong with you? Like, why don't you have one of those? Where's the Rocky tattoo? And I think that was the question before we set foot in the safe house: is why don't we have Metallica tattoos? Yes, totally. Shoot, Blake's um, not, got like 563 of them. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure it's going to be my last one. I can tell you mine won't be my last. Oh, you know you're getting another Metallica tattoo? <clears throat> I mean, I don't have the date set or know what I want, but I definitely want another one. Okay. For yeah, sure, yeah. yeah. 
my guess for you is your next tattoo, if you get another Met tattoo, is going to be a Master of Puppets deal. That would be pretty that would cool, be my yeah. Guess. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. You know what I think a great tattoo would be? would be the St. Anger Fist. I think you need to get the Outlaw Torn tattooed on you somewhere. Oh, my gosh, just for old time's sake. Just, to, re- just, a- just to remember my time in, in, in podcast prison. Maybe it's just, well, that Lars freed you from, by the way. Maybe it could be, oh my God, I just had the, had the idea. It's, okay, check out, check this out. Follow okay. me here. Okay. Everyone follow me into this, uh, into this dream. Your tattoo is of the Ryman. <laughs> okay, so we're going to start there. <laughs> On the marquee of the Ryman, the band that's playing is called The Outlaw Torn. Okay. And you're locked out of the Ryman which is basically also outlaw torn prison. Right. Okay, There's, these are multiple stacked metaphors here. And also in your tattoo is a little Lars Ulrich and he has the keys to the Ryman so that you can get into the Ryman as an artist while also liberating you from the outside, which is the prison, which is your own prison. You created your own prison. I created my own prison, Stapp, yeah. uh, Which is also the outlaw torn prison that Lars freed you from. So you're free, you're, you're being set free by being let in. This is deep shit. Wow, that's really deep shit. That sounds like I should I should never have gotten my entire back tattoo. This sounds like a whole back piece. <laughs> it does, it Keep in mind, sound. I don't have a lot of space. I mean, visible space. Like my stomach is free. I don't, but I don't want to tattoo my stomach. Well, your hiney. My hiney. That's where, maybe that's where the outlaw torn tattoo. The outlaw hiney tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> honey please all right well listen you've heard enough from us knuckleheads we hope you had a good time we love you guys we we have the best listeners in the world we have like super devoted and supportive listeners that which by the way congratulations on getting your kickstarter funded that's thank happening. you yeah and thank you to everyone who listens to our show there was a lot of you that contributed some people even up their pledge at the last minute awesome i i mean it really uh you know i was verklempt honey what can i say it really meant a lot to me, to be honest. Well, and the cool thing too is like, so now it's for sure getting made. Paul's going to mix it. The artwork's going to be dope. You're going to press it on vinyl. It's going to be on CD. So if oh, you yeah. weren't able, if you weren't able to hop on, uh, you will be able to buy and support the record. Plus, it's going to be on all the streaming outlets too. So exactly, yeah. So if if you are a Kickstarter backer, Paul and I, as you're listening to this, are mixing the the, the record this week. It'll get mastered the following week. I'm I'm hoping to give the digital version to to all the Kickstarter backers within the next month at the most, and then awesome. probably in the fall I'll put it out publicly, and that's when everybody else overseas can get a CD, get a vinyl, whatever. Bitchin', love it. All right, listen, everyone, you know what to do. The iTunes podcast is still the iTunes podcast. I just the iTunes contest is in full swing. I already named about thirty people that are going to be getting these badass picks. Now, listen, you international people out there who we love, by the way. I get that it's a buzzkill that you can't be a part of this contest. It's just too hard to go look at every country's iTunes. Right. Um, if you really, really want to do this, you can leave us the review, but you're going to have to send us a screenshot, okay? Now, if you are in the States and you heard your name, you need to send us an email with your address or P.O. Box, wherever you want the pick sent with your address. And in the subject, you can write iTunes contest. Uh, that's really important because otherwise, how do we know where to send it, Okay. Um, but here's the deal for you international listeners who want these picks, which we've been getting a ton of messages that people want them. Um, we're going to make them for sale and they're not going to be hella expensive. We're going to make it, we're going to, it's going to make sense, but they are going to be for sale after the contest. Yeah. But in the meantime, don't wait around for that. Leave us that review and you get something out of it. Everyone wins. We all succeed and we can all just trounce into heaven together, arm in arm, listening to, you know, ride the lightning. Okay. That sounds like a good time. All right, listen, take care of yourself, take care of families. We'll see you on the flippity flop, flop, flop. Peace. Adios. If you were 
our advice or what would you say, then I would say delete that. <laughs>